Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 34. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. How are you doing tonight, John? I'm doing really good, man. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Waking up from a little nap and ready to cover the W Wisconsin Death Trip. Okay, so uh, I got some questions for you before we kind of kick off the show. Let's do it. Okay, I need you to name for me three wrestlers who could take the championship from Gage with minimal blowback from the fan. Are there three wrestlers that could enter the main event of a major, you know, and uh, take that shit from Gage without the fans just, you know, going ape shit in the wrong direction? They can't. Oh, I don't think man. it can happen in L.A. West Coast crowd, man, they might eat up someone. Lord forbid if Cardona won in L.A. Oh, AC good Lord. was rough on it. Yeah, it'd be part two on there again. Oh, that's pretty funny, yeah, too, man. that Brett mentioned uh, on the ECW podcast how the L.A. crowd's a little bit more rowdier than some of these other crowds that he goes to. I kind of like how we kind of mentioned it that way. Yeah, I say West Coast crowds. I really do mean more of the L.A. crowds. San yeah. Diego crowds are really cool. Seattle crowds, I'm sure, are cool. I've never heard a damn thing about a, a, a riot in Portland. <laughs> right. Wrestling riot in Portland. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I wanted to kind of let you think there for a minute. Um Three. You can give me just one for right now. We always have to start at one. Anyway. I think one blowback from the fans, I think, would have to be um, somewhat one of the Los Macisos. I think that would be kind of a safe one where nobody would really hate it too much there. I, I honestly think anybody wins is going to get blowback. That's why I was kind of like, oh, uh -huh. that's tough. Uh -huh. I think anybody would. Yeah. But I think the three less blowback would be Los Macisos. Um, see, I think... Even Alex Cologne, I think he would get feedback just because he's won everything of the NGIs and the, mm -hmm. the ultraviolet title, the tag title, the the TOSs, the three P. Do you think he would get more static from the crowd than Los Macisos, though? Do you think Ciclope would be more deserving than, say, no? From a fan's perspective, they would back Cologne, I think, more than Ciclope or Miedo. Nothing personal. It's just, yeah. Yeah, how you said, like, uh, deserving, I. I, we talked about it on one of the last podcasts. I think um, I think Alex Cologne, with everything he's done, has definitely earned it. And yeah. I I think that would be kind of a safe one. Another one, too, anybody in SGC. Ooh. No, not Ooh. anybody, I should say. Like I think people would like it with Justice doing it, but I just don't know what kind of matches Justice would have in a singles match as a champion. I don't... Like, I just see a lot of, like, repetitiveness, kind of, of kind of going crazy i think mance could put out i think mance could have a good run put on a bunch of different kinds of matches and have it still be stylistically different compared to the last one where i think justice it kind of feels like even though it's fun and entertaining and fucking awesome to watch him jumping off a of high shit i just don't know as a singles competitor holding a belt how he would kind of roll with um there was one more oh effie too i think effie would be kind yeah. of a universal everybody would love that kind of moment for him that's a safe shot, right? Yeah. There. I was like, yeah, I'm looking down the roster. I'm like, ooh, there's kind of like, there's not a lot there that I could see like blow, like that wouldn't get blowback. Just because it's gauge. Otherwise, you know, yeah. And I'm waiting for to see if you'd hit them. Yeah, those are the ones. I don't know. Who are you thinking of? I was thinking um, they, they would, okay, it wouldn't be bad heat, but it would still be heat. Janela. I think Janela would be somebody to pass the torch other to that I think the fans would go, you know what? I could see Gage and Janela backstage shaking hands and going, you know what? It's going to be to anyone, brother. It's going to be you. You're the next in line when it comes to the OGs. And, and yeah. And you talk about like people who bleed GCW. 
he's obviously definitely one of them too, up there with Nick Gage. I, I think he would be definitely deserving too. I just think the crowd would turn on him, but and like a not personalized, like how they kind of did with Sean Waltman, who kind of ended up looking like he kind of got personal there. Yeah. But I could see them kind of um, being happy that because he's wrestled for GCW thick and thin, and I don't see a lot of blowback either with Joey too. Okay, so oh, I have. Oh, I don't know if I should ask that question. Okay, so my second question, a third one popped in my head, but I I, I think it might be too touchy. Okay, the second question is, since we didn't mention his name, will Jimmy Lloyd at some point obtain the championship down the road with GCW? I (laughs) Do you feel, do you, what I'm saying is, let's just give it, I don't know, five, ten more years. He's towards the end of his career there. And um, could you see them rewarding him with 15 years or 10 years or so of service by giving him a championship towards the end of his run? I could see kind of uh, right, right. Brett doing know. it and then like the next night lose it or something like, or like how AJ Gray, AJ Gray won it and then lost it like two minutes later to, uh, to someone else and kind of was a quick, quick turnaround, but he could always at least say he's been a former GCW kind of champion. Could always be able to say that at least I could kind of see Brett doing that to Jimmy kind of to fuck with him a little bit, but also like, Hey, like I, I think Jimmy would deserve it. I don't think he needs to go on a run for it. I was kind of thinking, remember the old scramble championship matches they kind of used to do for a little bit back in the mid-2000s where they had like the six competitors, the 20 minutes, and all right, like whoever's the pinfall, you're the new champion for till hopefully, till the next, exactly, yeah. till the next pin. Four time runs out. Exactly. So I could see that kind of situation happening with, uh, with Jimmy Lloyd for sure. I would honestly so. think what they need to do is have Drew Parker be that one that shoots him into the next level, but that would obviously require Drew Parker staying in the States. I think if Drew Parker taken over from Nick Gage, it's like, Hey, as I think I said before, the King passing it down to the Prince and we got our new King now and stuff like that. I think he would be an excellent person to lead GCW into kind of like their next phase of GCW without Nick and Alex Cologne. I don't know, man. I, I just had to ask you those because I think that's something we're thinking about because I'm sure there's already an answer for who's going to take over for Nick, you know, who's going to take the championship from Nick Gage. I, I feel there's a solid answer. I think we both feel and he watch enough. He kind of mentioned that too on their podcast, uh, like kind of like the plans kind of like, Oh, did he? They, they have a bunch of, without giving too much away. Yeah. They had a lot of interesting matches, a lot of interesting okay. matches lined up for Nick Gage. They said, so I think that mm-hmm. kind of was leaning towards they kind of know how they're going to get it off of them or where they're going to go, at least in the me- not in the immediate future, but in the near future. I think they kind of have a plan of who's going to be the one that kind of takes it off gauge, I think. But it's independent wrestling. Who knows? That could that yeah. could have changed by now already. Hey, no shit. The minute I saw Leo's name is match number two for gauge for the championship. I'm like, you know what? I have no expectations now. This is going all over the place. Like Janela style. We might get a 400 pounder one night. Next night, we might get two little people. We have no idea what's going to happen. And I think since he was last champion, all the new talent that's in there, like Parker, like a Rena. Uh, I know he's got the matchup coming up with Cole here. John Wayne Murdoch, that'd be a new, like, he's got a lot of fresh matchups. Ciclope, Miedo, like, fresh matchups that haven't happened in the last two, three, four years. I think there's a lot of... Uh, fresh faces that would be, make it interesting. And like I said, if he looks like how he did in LA, I'm all for him kind of going on this little run of, like you said, the Joey Janela, the different styles. Because I, after that Leo rush, or Leo match, I think they could 
I think he, if he looks like that, he can kind of do those kind of matches. Because as we said, that was a 30-minute match, and or damn near 30 minutes. And that was I, When I saw that number, I'm like, wow, he went 30 minutes after what he looked like with Moxley, and he looked real good. Yeah. Like, the ups and downs there was kind of crazy to see. So I'm optimistic of uh, this GCW title run from Nick Gage. Yeah, I, I'm not a mind reader, but I think after that first match that Gage had where he won off of Moxley, he definitely had something to prove in that second match. And Leo was like, when it comes to speed and shit, I mean, that was going straight to the top when it comes to, you know, wow, I'm still kind of floored. And I could have seen Leo take the championship at some point, not that night. That would have been a riot that night, too. (laughs) There would have been a fucking problem. Uh, if he, as soon as he would have, if he would have ran one, I would have like looked at my wife because she was in the back. I was like, hey, let's just get out of here now before it happens because yep. it's yep. going to get crazy. I'll just hold up my hand. You yep. follow the hand until it gets to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, when I saw that Leo Rush do that suicide dive to the outside and hit the way he hit Nick Gage, that's why I was like, oh, shit. But the way Nick Gage just popped up, I was like okay and he's then he followed it up with like a pretty good sequence where Nick Gage was up and down and had some speed and kept going it wasn't like there was a couple minutes in between there it was a nice little sequence right afterwards so I that gave me so much hope that was my moment like okay Nick is back let's let's hopefully this stays that way oh yeah and I'm gonna go back on something you were saying there for a minute there is some solid matchups that can I mean you're right too 100 percent mans can hold a title for a while there's been quite a few different companies i've seen him walk into and put on some great matches solid matches complete matches not just uh, i don't have a good way to put it but a complete match to me has holds it has a little bit of this a little bit of that boy that was not very just <laughs> but, uh, but no, i think but, Mance- I mean, all the way what's up no, I was just going to say, when Mance won the Bunkhouse Battle Royale, that's what I thought was where they were going with with him against Moxley. And then especially with him wrestling Moxley on AEW shortly afterwards, I thought maybe, hey, this is kind of like Moxley's kind of way of saying, like, seeing if he could trust Mancer to carry on his legacy since he might not be able to do it as much for GCW kind of stuff. And I thought they were kind of testing the waters, testing the feedback and testing the immediate feedback from Moxley himself, seeing if he gets the approval or not. I don't know if GCW understands they have an indie stone cold when it comes to somebody like Mance. He literally could come out there, hit the mic. I'm here to drink beer and kick ass. Oh, hell yeah. And people would love it. I have to pay well, baby. But but I'm starting to see that with him, especially after he'd won that uh, that night. It was just it was very stone cold. And I'm like, oh, shit, he may have something here if he learns how to harness it. Even that little promo he did with Shivani uh, afterwards, I thought it was kind of King of the Rings, the that birth, of, the birth of Stone Cold. I thought it was, it was kind of not very similar, but I kind of had that kind of feeling watching it happen. That vibe, like, yeah, yeah, like holy shit, like this is like I don't think it was going to elevate Mance Warner to Stone Cold status, but I'm like this is going to elevate him, and it kind of did for that period of time. And um, he's working now with other companies too, so I think that was a good moment for. A Mance Warner during that time frame. Um, off the top of my head, I'm just wondering here: Have we ever seen Alley Catch and Sawyer go at it? Um, I'm wondering because I do miss having more women come in every now and then, and I'm just like, I know Sawyer's a death matcher, but I also have seen Sawyer wrestle. Wait, and... they just they just did it. <laughs> That's how long oh, they just did it a month ago. <laughs> a month ago? Yeah, we, at oh, Fight Club. Sick for all I know. It was uh, outside. Night one. 
uh, of the the uh, Fight Club when Moxley beat Gage. That, <laughs> that was. Pr- I uh, wonder if that was during my midterms. I wonder if that was during my midterms and like maybe yeah you were just cranking out the reviews just to kind of do it for the podcast I think yeah you might be I, right because I was working like a, I was working then studying then doing the stuff for the podcast I wouldn't be studying. see I'm gonna blame it on GCW because their schedule like like how many shows have happened since then it's like we forget some of these matches that's why usually when we yeah. hop this on I got the cage match up and ready to go and I'm ready to check out some information that as we're going as we talk about to kind of answer yeah. these questions so but just crazy like their schedule is just non-stop go 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 where we forget a match that happened in early October <laughs> Okay, so I'll hit this quickly because I'm sitting here like, do I ask? Do I not ask? Okay, so it's been kind of talked about on the Patreon because it keeps coming up in like Stephen A's podcast with Cologne and stuff. Um, are we going to look at the possibility of maybe XPW and GCW maybe doing something together down the road? Right now, it, it right now they're co-mingling, which is more than I expected. I don't want to touch it too much because this is the GCW podcast, you know, from but we're a fan podcast. Yeah, I have to ask because. Now the company even has some, I mean, Rob Black was on there not too long ago. Now they're talking about him on this most recent podcast. And these are reasons why you should be a GCW Patreon also. Um, But yeah, I I was just saying, given the fact that I don't want to give out all the information and everything that's talked about, because that's why we do the Patreon thing. But I, uh, I, I think the concept is exciting as fuck. I think it could be exciting, but... I don't think it benefits GCW as much as it would obviously XPW in my opinion, but where I think it could be positive for GCW is some of these hard, more hardcore fans. Mm -hmm. Um, It would kind of get them back in kind of in the GCW because I know just from hearing, and this is all just from what I hear with the fans in LA when, um, before XPW, when they announced that they were coming to coming back and running an LA show the same weekend as GCW, I heard a lot of fans just in my general vicinity saying that when they announced that GCW is coming back this night, people looked over like, hey, with XPW is like, I think it was the same night or maybe the night before, but we're like, we're not coming to this GCW show. We want the hardcore, the death matches, the violence. We're going to go to XPW because they're going to, they've been giving it to us where GCW has not in LA. And I think they kind of lost a bit of the fan base in LA to XPW because of the death matches that XPW always seems to run pretty much every match and the chaos, the, the chaoticness of their shows, I think were more suitable for those kind of deathmatch people that go to the GCWs to get it and they're not getting it. So I think that would be kind of a good way to bring some of those fans back on the GCW wagon. And I think that's what they why they've kind of had more deathmatches in LA since this has all happened because there was a couple couple shows where they didn't have like anything really crazy other than a door barbed wire. Um, like it wasn't a ultra-violent deathmatch kind of uh, match, but it was something to kind of whet the fans' appetite and somewhat to keep them happy. But I think now that they have an alternative that's going to be exactly right up their alley, I think a lot of the GCW hardcore ultra-violent deathmatch people will go watch XPW and kind of stop going to GCW shows. So I think that would be kind of a good faith move to kind of get those fans back with GCW. But I think for the main, not mainstream, because nothing's mainstream, but... Just some of the stuff that they do in XPW, especially with Brett signing this. I mean, but 
I I'm stopping my point right now. I was gonna say they don't want to get the blowback for some of the shit that XPW does uh, regarding like being politically correct and everything else, and they might not want to hurt their that. chances with their broadcasters. But uh, they have the same broadcaster. It's Fight TV, so I don't know how how that affects Brett's thinking with it. So I don't. I think it would be kind of cool to do one super show, especially with the collective coming up. Why not? Okay, so just for fun. Yeah, because we can't do it in L. Oh, my God. In L.A. would be fantastic. That's what I was thinking with Collective Weekends. Well, yeah, because there may be a point where an XPW fan is drunk and a GCW. (laughs) Right, yeah. True. Um, The only reason I bought this up, though, primarily because I'm seeing a yin and yang between these two independent right? We have one that's just a touch more laid back, at least in the open. And then you have someone on the other side who's a lot more aggressive. Uh, openly in their business practices and who they are. Um, there's a hell of a roster over there without going too much into it. But I will mention one name, no shit. I will stand by it because I'm a huge fan, became a fan. I'm sticking with it. Um, yeah. GCW needs Lou Dark Shatan badly. If anybody has a chance or had the chance to see her, you will know what I'm talking about. That lady is tough as nails and she's someone that would be fantastic and would bolster the roster on the women's side. And um, she so far has had no ceiling and I've seen some vicious shit. Yeah, though I watched that one match of hers with uh, the only match I've ever seen with her at your house. Actually, when we were waiting for one of the other shows to start, start, you showed me that match. I was I was pretty impressed with her. And I think he kind of brings the intimidation factor if she were to go against like an alley catch like that's someone that could get more violent than her and kind of but alley catch has also proven her toughness with everything as well but i think it would be kind of a credible threat like she she comes off as a formidable threat against alley catch yeah i'm not gonna lie there it's just there are there's a decent little roster over there gcw has a fantastic roster i'm not gonna lie i'm just saying that uh yeah, I would just say for a yin and a yang, all the way down to even politically, it is a good thing to have. I'm not lying. It is okay to have the opposites. We do need that. We do need the bad guy. I believe there are very intelligent people that understand. That may be very even, very much good people. They understand playing the bad part, having a bad person being the bad guy is sometimes necessary because otherwise we don't develop a superhero. Now, that's basic storytelling, but that also happens in real life. I really agree with you that it would be nice to see some type of a show go on, but long-term, I have a feeling that that would just explode, or that would implode at some point, and that would be disappointing to everyone. But I don't know, maybe once a year, once a year, you know, maybe maybe a fight in L.A., and then maybe they have a fight in New Jersey once a year kind of thing. I don't know. But yeah, that's, the that's idea tough. is exciting. Yeah, the idea to think that there's somebody who is willing to just raise a little hell is exciting. To me. And there's a ton of companies like that that are hungry too. It's just this company has what some people feel is a bad guy, you know. And I get that. I understand that. Um, I don't know. I didn't really even want to touch on it this much. I just thought it was kind of something exciting to talk about. And I didn't even want to mention any wrestlers, but I'm like, damn it, I have to be honest. So I have to think about. Them. Plus, I wanted to be fair to all the people who do listen. This week, I got my, uh, I got my little letter from Jim Cornette. So I'm officially, um, I officially have my license to heal. Oh, oh you know it. You know <laughs> it. Wolf it's got happen. the license. Yeah. So that's, but yeah. So 
heel wolf may come out one day, but no, no, I just wanted to let everybody know that um, there's some exciting shit going out there that's been going on last weekend was fantastic with all those shows. And yeah, we haven't even gotten into this one yet. We might want to mark <laughs> where the review starts for people in case they don't want to right? us just being fans talking fan shit. But that I don't know. It's more fun this way. It was good opening dialogue. Yeah, and I only had two questions. There it went. <laughs> well, I will get us started then on the GCW <laughs> Wisconsin Death Trip coming to us from La Pica Lounge in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And right away when I they show the venue, I'm like, okay, they are like in a like I I've seen PE rooms. I'm a PE teacher. I've seen PE rooms <laughs> bigger than this place. So right away I'm like, why did they pick this place? But then I see the paintings on the wall with the ocean view and the clouds and everything. And I'm yeah. like, that's why Brett did. Brett wanted to pick a cool little place. He likes doing these kind of venues just to say he did it. Like, I know he really gets not off, but like, likes saying like, oh, I, I, I did Harpo's. I did this fancy place. I did that place. Like, yeah. I think I, he likes saying that the like, Hammerstein was obviously the big, big goal and Going on pay-per-view probably was another goal that he just wanted to be able to say he went on pay-per-view. And I think that kind of what hurt the Hammerstein show a little bit, but him just being able to say it is kind of means a lot to him. In my opinion, I think he, I could see him saying, Oh, that looks like a cool show or cool place. Let's run a show there. But for attendance wise, it is uh, pretty small. <laughs> what was your thoughts yeah. on the venue? Um, I actually wrote, yeah, this is an astonishingly small venue. I was really surprised by it. I have a feeling maybe GCW, the GCW people maybe even be a touch surprised about it. I'm sure they get dimensions ahead of time on all of this stuff. I, I mean, I'm sure they understand capacity. They understand how, you know, how big this and that they have to understand parking. If there's any, this, uh, yeah, this place, I didn't know what to expect. I thought this was going to be one of those old school year, year and a half, two year ago show where it was just a small venue, small place. Um, no, this ended up being a fantastic show, and it was really surprising how far these performers were going that night to make everybody just have a great time. Um, I will paint a picture, because this is the best way I can do it for people who haven't seen Wisconsin Death Trip yet. Primarily, you go into a room, and you will see the ring, and let's just say you're looking from the camera like you are on TV. On the left side of the ring is enough to fit Maybe two people if they stand sideways with their shoulders out or with their elbows out. Same thing on the opposite side. And then all the way in the back where you can see behind the wrestling there or behind the ring, you can see there's quite a few feet of space back there. There's people with tables. There's a table back there for commentary. But it is not a large place. And underneath where the camera was sitting, I'm guessing there was maybe 75 people, 50 people. Yeah. What do you think that what do you think the the attendance was that night cuz it was sold out 125 I would say 100 probably cuz because as yeah. you said like on the sides you could only hold maybe two rows of people and then like in the back when they kind of got a little crazy and wrestled towards the camera area and where the commentary was um you could see a lot more people there but I don't think it would have reached over 100 people because just the, the size and looking at it it was kind of a looked like a very small venue but I like the cool, uh, the cool picture on the side of the ocean and stuff like that. But it just, I don't know. It, it felt felt different. Like I don't know. And I, not that it felt different in a wrong way. Just it felt like a GCW show with cool aesthetics visually. But yeah, just didn't feel energy wise and capacity wise and people wise that 
there was all that energy like in a, such a small space. It just it felt a little different. Well, and it was different too. I believe that was a local ring because you could even see that the ring was lower by about two feet. And I'm giving a rough estimate because if you know the dimensions on a wrestling ring, here's another one for the nerds. The top rope, from the top rope to the very bottom where the uh, floor is, should be eight feet. And when I saw people walking by um, the ring as they were going to their seats, I could see some men where their heads would get very close or about touch the uh, rope, which told me that it was probably sitting about two feet lower, so about six feet to that top rope. So, yeah, they had the legs lowered on that thing, and um, I it had to have been a local ring because I was looking at the mat and I was looking at how those boards were playing. And, um, yeah, it was definitely not a GCW ring. It, it couldn't have been. Yeah, they definitely had to replace uh, boards a couple times throughout the night. And then going back on something you were saying here with Brett going to different places like this, he does have one hell of an appreciation history and i think that leads out into a lot of these venues he wants to hit the classic venues and boy oh boy is that appreciated for someone like me who really likes that i know you really love the whole venue thing and i totally get it if there's you know somebody out there doing cost stuff i would love to know if someone's doing all these independent uh venues and putting them out there for one of the wwe uh games or whatnot but <laughs> given the fact that Hopefully Brett is playing the long game. There's a lot of these older places that he's wrestling in that I don't feel are going to be around in 10 years. And I think what's nice is that in his tape library is going to be this venue, this venue, this venue, this venue that aren't even there anymore. And then they can also go back and brag and say, hey, man, we played this place. We've done it quite a few times. And I appreciate that he does that, you know, bringing in the GC or uh, bringing in ECW talent every now and then, just fantastic stuff like that is really appreciated. Yeah, I've seen like talent whenever they go to like Harpo's or um, I forgot what the other popular concert venue they went to at that same time. Was it Pops? San Francisco? I think they went to a San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I could be wrong, but I, I remember seeing like the talent and saying like, hey, it's pretty cool. I wrestled in the same spot where like, one of these world famous bands when they first started off and trying to get famous and popular, they played here too and stuff like that. So I kind of like them kind of like even the talent appreciating the specialness of the venue, even though like it might not look like a wrestling venue, at least they kind of felt like they were on the same uh, stage as someone else that was kind of going through the same thing as them as independent wrestlers, like all these rock bands that go through the, these venues of a hundred people to go to the stadiums. Mm -hmm. I kind of, like the similarities there, I kind of like when the wrestlers kind of appreciate it and point that out to us because, like, that's something like I wouldn't know. Like, hey, I didn't know this band played at this place, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I love history like that because at least someone is going out on a limb to try to uh, try to do that for us. That's like, well, it's like somebody who really appreciates wrestling owning and company and making the decisions based upon such. It's fantastic. Yeah, for so, sure. You know, re respect to him for doing that. So. Before the first match really happens, you hear uh, Emil go ahead and say, look, man, somebody needs to come out here and kick this show off. And Gage comes out. He does his whole entrance. He does the love thing where everybody's all over him, and uh, he's pushing everybody around, kissing babies, <laughs> handing, out, uh, handing out candy, giving it. No, he was doing it. Um, he gets into the ring, and he explains that he has a love-hate relationship with Milwaukee. And he wanted to just tell everybody that he was sorry because the last time he was here, he told them to go fuck themselves. I thought that was <laughs> nice that he made, uh, he made good. So, 
Yeah. There we go. Anytime I can see Nick Gage come out, even if it's just for that little bit of time and he's not wrestling, he's definitely earned it. It's still always fun to watch uh, the fans show their love for him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And our first matchup of the evening, Nick Wayne going against Carlos Romo. And for the first matchup of the night, I was thinking, okay, this is an interesting kind of choice. Uh, I've seen Romo a couple times here and there in GCW, but I've also seen him in like Glory Pro Wrestling. I've seen him wrestle there a couple times. And he's pretty talented, nothing crazy, nothing out of this world. But as we kind of know, we kind of hold these first matches uh to a little higher standard for gcw since yep, they're kind picky. of yeah they're kind of the the energy start or energy starters for the night they're gonna get the crowd up hot and hopefully they keep the crowd going all night and so these first matchups are usually the scrambles or the kind of a dream match and high pace match so i was expecting a uh pretty high pace not well, I was going to say high flying, but not really high flying after seeing the venue. And I was kind of wondering with Nick Wayne, uh, with the the ring dimensions and stuff, I was wondering like how often these wrestlers would go outside throughout the night because there was not a lot of space between the fans, the walls, and the ring. So um, I was like wondering if that was going to change the style, styles of these matches just placed, based off of the ring, the venue, and everything yeah. else. So uh this was kind of a, an experimental opening match for me to kind of like, okay, let's see what the rest of the night kind of was going to, how it's going to unfold based off of what these two competitors uh, bring to the table in this match. And not too bad. It was a all right first match, in my opinion. What was your thoughts on this? <laughs> okay. So for me, um, yeah, Romo was from Spain. So I found it really nice that we had someone coming from outward in. I don't know if maybe he's on a tour or if he's living here or... You know, an extended period of time, I don't really know outside of GCW when it comes to Romo. But as I was watching these two go at it, there was a lot of holds and it was a lot of standard wrestling, um, chain wrestling was going on. This was possibly, and I wrote this, possibly the most mature wrestling on the card that we may see tonight is what I put down. And that was from the initial opening. And I was right. Yeah, a lot of standard wrestling. I, I could not kid you when it comes to that. It went outside for just a moment. There really isn't a lot of room out there. You're right. Um, I was curious, too. I didn't know what was going to happen if they were going to go outside. They really do make excellent usage of square footage. I'll tell you. Yes. Like, if there's a two-by-two two spot somewhere, they'll be able to get two men in it to fight. I, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. They went out three to four times more than I expected them to go out, given the space that they had available to them. Um, but this this was not a Nick Wayne match at all. This felt like it was a muted Nick Wayne. It was, I don't have a better way to put it. it, it just This was a muted Nick Wayne for me. This was the first time I saw a Nick Wayne match that wasn't necessarily exciting. I'm an asshole today. Aren't I? <laughs> it's uh, the heel no, but, no, no, no. Yeah, but it's just with Romo. I mean, I'm not going to say anything bad with Nick Wayne. This was just a standard match that how it was. It's just that wasn't the regular exciting, you know, get up on the top rope and, and uh, you know, yell at the fans and everybody's yelling back at him. And um, it was none of that. But a lot of the stuff with Romo just didn't connect with me tonight, like that night. His wrestling is good, but that was primarily the extent of it for me. My opinion of tonight was it's not for me. I wouldn't really want to see him again. That's rough to say. However, I'm also fair enough to say if he comes back 
it's not only my job, but I do want to see what he is capable of. I'm wondering if they went out there and one of them was not feeling great. I'm wondering if um, I just saw an off match because I believe in all of these performers and that gentleman was not handpicked by GCW because he's not that great. I'm sure there's a lot more to what I saw on the stage that night, just personally. So I want to be fair. It wasn't for me, but respectfully, I think there's a lot more to him, and we just didn't see it that night. He gave us ten and a half minutes, and that's not enough to show, I'm sure, what he's capable of. Yeah, and for my opinion, what I think kind of threw it off was Romo grounded Nick Wayne. So a lot of this, a lot of we we saw from Romo was ground based with holds and yes. trying to tie Nick Wayne up and kind of do some like kind of like Gresham kind of style of wrestling of doing innovative moves on the ground and trying to control your opponent while uh, making them go through pain with all these holds. So I think that didn't lend to, uh, as you said, the energy of kind of the first match of how we normally feel about Nick Wayne, even in his matches with the high paced, right, high energy right. kind of stuff. And I think Romo kind of with that move set that he used on, on uh, that night was not inducive to a high energy and very stylistically in like good match. Um, and he played to the crowd a lot too. Uh, like I said, I I liked how he first came out and like he didn't get enough loud of response. Came back in, tried it again. He's like, oh, a little yeah. bit louder. Let's see if we could get louder. And he did it a third time. So he was playing a lot to the crowd to try to get the energy. It seems like, but I think I think anyone that goes against Nick Wayne, you just have to know you're going to be the heel in that match. And I think they should just yeah. adjust accordingly because. There, especially with Carlos Romo, you've only wrestled in GCW just a couple times. Um, I think obviously the fans aren't going to cheer for you as much as they are for Nick Wayne because literally we've seen him grow up before our eyes in the, over these last two years. Right, so right. I think him trying to He's get our the, kid exactly. So him trying to get the crowd behind him did not help at all during this match. I think as well, but I think it was just a lot of the the way their match kind of played out with more on the ground technical stuff did not uh, make it visual appeasing to us uh, per se because like i said i i didn't think it was an awful match but i thought it just didn't connect for the high energy kind of pace and that and made me in my mind think hey this is going to be one of these not throwaway shows but like hey let's keep it safe this is a test if they come out pretty good if the crowd's hot then maybe next time we'll go to a bigger venue and do a lot more kind of crazier shit and get the fans reward the fans for doing good for this kind of night and that's how I was, what I was thinking after this first match was kind of that stuff. This is going to be kind of a slower paced night, kind of feel out if they want to come back to this crowd again. This was, um, I just don't think Romo was a GCW style wrestler that night. And the, man, I am harsh, huh? This opening match was just very muted. And there was so much more they were both capable of. And I don't know what uh, caused them to hold back. I do find. I don't find anything. Oh, man, this is rough. I do it. I'm I'm really not. I'm really not a fan of the guy's work, and I've never really said that before. Um, I hope he comes back and puts on a killer show because yeah, I'm done talking. Damn. <laughs> we will go into the, the, the cornet paper. The cornet paperwork must be burning somewhere, and I'm like, well, when you I don't know when you have it in a frame behind you with the lights all pointing like how we're yeah, in the yeah, TNT yeah. instead of toilets here, it's saying heel wolf here. Uh, yeah. that's not, no, I'm just kidding. He doesn't really have that up. 
no 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 but i do i, I will get it framed eventually. <laughs> no but yeah now that it's in my house it's like a cursed item i can feel the heel <laughs> you feel out. the energy change in the yeah. household <laughs> yeah. i feel like making a kenny omega statement I don't know, man. <laughs> no that, that will but, that will uh, get us did canceled. we announce our winner no we did yeah, not right. as nick wayne does win <laughs> as he hits the clout cutter onto carlos romo for the okay so i'll just wrap it up by saying um yeah, I'd like to see Romo come back again and maybe give it another run because it just doesn't feel like he clicked with the crowd and it just didn't click with me. And I know I know GCW has a good eye and I trust them. So I'm, I'm feeling I just didn't see the best that night. And you got to think of everything we saw the night before. Like our expectations were kind of high and our energy because the show was really good. So we had yeah. high expectations. So obviously seeing a yeah. night full of death matches and blood and violence and we see the next kind of matchup we see after that is a more ground paced and not as flying and not as high flying and energy paced kind of match. I think that kind of changes the mood too. Um, this second match, I would have probably moved into the first spot, but now that I'm seeing how that first match was very just like I said, muted. I see why they got it out of the way, but I don't understand why they had the match if it was going to be that muted. And I'm sure there's wrestlers back there that would have loved to have made it a three-way. Yeah. I honestly think that match would have been better as a three-way. It needed the excitement. It would have added some other flavor to it. I think the reason they did yeah. it because it our next matchup is the th- is a three-way match. So oh, it, shit. they kind of yeah. try to avoid... Uh, I think, I don't know, for yeah, me, booking, know. I would try to avoid putting... Unless you got yeah, like me a, too. A, me a, too. A death match triple threat, then that adds a little variance to it. But yeah, our second matchup of the evening is a three-way match with the competitors of All Hearts Blake Christian, Alec Price, and Jordan Oliver. And yeah, off of the first matchup and seeing this one, I was I got more hyped up myself. I end up sitting up in my chair and all right, let's watch these three because these are the three great young talents of gcw and i thought i we i knew for sure this could not be a bad match just with off these three competitors in there um i like how they're using alec price more on not on shows outside of new jersey i am really mm-hmm. liking how they're kind of moving alec price around same thing with sorry rec um i was going to say it later how she got announced for like the la show too I do like now, this is the kind of like what we've been saying when we first see them on JCW or on their first GCW shows. It's like, hey, they got to get their feet wet and they proved it and earned yep. it. And then now they're going to start traveling it. We've seen it with Dark Sheik even earlier with she was just mostly on the West Coast shows. Now she's on the East Coast shows, the Midwest shows and everything. So um, I am very happy to see Alec Price as a traveling uh, part of the GCW roster across the country. So um, that was my thoughts originally first seeing that. When this matchup was first announced, I was like, yes, that's kind of cool seeing Alec Price being able to travel. Um, what was your thoughts on this match? There was a lot of talent in that fucking ring. Yes. That's the first thing I want to say. There was so much talent and such a potential for an amazing And they put one on. They needed more than 13 minutes to do it. They could have done a 20-minute match, and it would have looked fantastic. Give those boys weapons. It would have even been more crazy. But uh, Alec was working the hard, crowd hard. I'm a big fan of Alec. I won't lie. I really do think that, well, we actually, I won't get too far into it because we talked about that earlier. You know, he's trying to get, as soon as he gets that body filled out, he's already got his head in the right heel. He's on the right heel road. He just needs to drive that. Um, there was the third now time I've seen Jordan use that midair catch uh, side slim. I think that's now become a part of his um, 
his repertoire, and I really like it a lot. There was a spot where Blake hits a moonsault body block on Alec that looked absolutely fantastic. A um, There was a spot with a sunset bomb and a superplex combination with all three men that was just fantastic. And sadly, we're in Wisconsin. Thanks, Emil. We, uh, yeah, it was announced we're in Wisconsin. So I looked around the crowd. I believe our, our buddy's in the crowd. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jug in hand. I, I, I really like this match. I was started off, too. I kind of liked how Jordan and Blake kind of, once again, teamed up against Alec Price. Kind of what happened the night before with the, the scramble, how everybody was going against Alec. Like, I liked how it's Alec against the world, Alex against the world. And it's obviously his own doing, but I kind of like how they played up to it. And, um, I, I like how what they're doing with this character too, because as we said, like the move set kind of makes it hard to root against him and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it, the arrogance and cockiness of it, and I, I, I like him embracing. Like I'm better than all you guys. I don't. Need, you guys could all team up with it against me. I don't need anybody with my back. I'm good enough where I can hold my own with you guys and probably be, beat you guys. So I really like how his character's exuding that kind of confidence, and I think that's really helping him. And um. I just loved how at the beginning Jordan Blake kind of did team up against him at the at front, and you see him get kind of get Alec Price get all mad and start pushing them all away. It's like not this shit again. You guys did this shit last night, so I liked how the match started off that way. So I'm wondering if in this day and age we can have a true blue heel without someone getting offended. I know this kind of goes off the rail here a little bit, but Alec Price, I mean. I think he's he's one where you can hear that he's muting what he really wants to say sometimes. And I'm wondering how far some of these heels can go because heels used to go so far as to have people standing outside in the parking lot waiting to fucking hurt them. Yeah. We don't see that kind of heel anymore, and I can understand why, but I wonder if we'll ever see that level of heel again. I mean... I I think like MJF, he's one of them. I know it's not GCW, but Joey Janela did it for a little bit. Like uh, after he did the turn on, um, on Waltman, I know he was saying like he was doing stuff on purpose to try to keep on that heat going. And he was like, I mean, I'm going to this wrestling yeah. convention. I might need a security guard and a divider between me and the fans, but I'm all for like that kind of stuff. And that's what Joey that that's the old school in Joey where he wants to that old school kind of heat on him because he knows how much attention it garners from the fans and how much reaction it gets from us too. So I, I uh, could see, well, obviously we did see Joey doing it, but I could see him actually even going even further with it and doing really stuff just to piss off the crowd just because he can. Well, it's great. It's great press. It's great media to have some guy come up to you while you're at your merch table and he's just fuck this, fuck that, fuck you, da, 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 da. And Joey's just sitting there going, dude, you got worked. Like, and that's the way, yeah. Sitting here just going fucking nuts over a stage show. And that's why I think Joey's goal is now is to kind of get that reaction for people. It's like, yeah, look how mad I got you and I'm still here and you still probably paid money or waited in line to still see me do this. So I'm still in charge. I still, as you said, I worked you. I still have the power over you. You're just one of those quote unquote marks out there that fell for my shit. Mm-hmm. Out there somewhere is a true blue heel that's just waiting to break loose. That if they just didn't give a damn, go out there, run their mouths, fuck you. Not fuck you, that's yeah. But go out there and really get people just riled up and pissed off. And I mean really mean it. Um, There's a wide open space for someone to do it, but they have to have the guts to take the amount of abuse they're probably going to get online 
The problem is now the, on, the online community has made everything else so much smaller now. I've seen people like Joey. Somebody comes to his house. It's yep. like, come on, man. Yeah, like, see, that's, that's why. It's too damn much. Yeah, that's where I'm like, nah, that, that, nothing's worth that kind of shit to put. Like, well, obviously for us with our families and stuff, like that's where like, I could see them drawing the line to a point where you don't want to get uh, those kind of really weirdos out there that show up to your house yeah. and shit like that. They can't take a joke or take wrestling heat, heel heat, yeah. take it personally when it's part of the show. Like, you just don't get it. Yeah, and, and um, I've heard a couple stories where, you know, someone threatened to shoot him in the parking lot or whatnot. And with the internet, they can find out where you live. And it's a whole other ball game now. Yeah. It seems like sometimes the crazy have gotten crazier also. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. But back to the match. The one thing I will mention that I think was absolutely worthy and it was well done by all the performers involved was that all men had a similar amount of time to shine in this match, which was just fantastic. We had that was awesome chance before and after this match. And the only other note I have here, and I should have put it in all caps, was we need to run that back again. That yes. Fantastic freaking match. Um, yeah, our winner. Blake Christian, he hit Alec with the ripcord Spanish fly into a 450 splash for the pin. It all happened in like three, four seconds. This is what Blake is known for. It was just hit, hit, flip, pin. It was fucking beautiful. That was, it was Blake Christian at his best, man. And uh, I really like that as his finisher. It's not just one thing. It's a series of things. And it's fantastic, man. I'm, I'm a Blake Christian fan. Yeah, I I actually think Alec Price kind of got the biggest rub for in my opinion from this match yes, because he yeah. kind of got to go off and do all his shit. Like I love when he does his flipping like 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 a flipping DDT kind of thing. I don't know what mm-hmm. they call it or whatnot, but like the competitor like he's going to do it, he kicks them down so they're bent over holding their stomach and their heads down like a DDT. He runs off the rope Grabs him as into a DDT, but turns it into like a kind of like a, spl- a Spanish fly DDT, like a, can- like a Canadian destroyer. Yeah, Spanish fly Canadian destroyer kind of DDT. I love how he does that. I love that move when he does it. Um, I like how the pacing of the the ending was picked it up and told a cool story. I really like the ending yes, a lot. Yes. Um, even after the match too, when uh Blake Christian does get the win, of course I did a motherfucker out at home again. Like this guy, <laughs> guy again after Jordan just won the night before. Like that's what I was thinking. Like, hey, Jordan just beat five competitors the night before. He could beat these same two back to back, but um, I I didn't mind it. it uh, I like how Blake Christian too at the end goes and consoles Jordan. But that's kind of like, what are we? Are we the Braveheart? Like, not again, but like, because last we saw Blake and Jordan in the ring, other than yesterday or not yesterday, the day before of this show at the NGI when they did the scramble. Like they, those two were going at it. That's but that's also mm-hmm. when Blake got booed the night before so loudly. I think it was the night before, or maybe it was the like the next time they're in, they were in the showboat. But you get to see kind of Blake and Jordan put their put their differences aside, and then like they look at Alec Price on the outside, and like Jordan's like boo, like gives them like the Batista thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down kind of thing. So I like how they still play to the. To the Alec Price being a major heel at the end because I love all three of these competitors. I'm the same way. Like you could give those three all day long with me. Even make me hey, have Jordan and Blake team up and get Alec Price a little tag partner. I think what I would really like to see is Alec Price teaming with Axon Ray. I think Ooh, the innovativeness of that tag one. team and like the crazy shit that they would do and come up with. I mm-hmm. would really like those kind of those two to be kind of a tag team because. 
I think Alec Price has enough personality as a heel and he does a heel where you don't have to have Axton Race say much. Even though when he does talk, we kind of heard him do a little face promo. I would like to see him cut a real heel promo and see how he really is as a heel on the mic because I, I think those two as a tag team would be fucking awesome to see going against Jordan and Nick or Jordan and Blake and stuff like that. I think, I dude, I don't know what else to say in that. I actually 100% agree with you. I <laughs> I, I can't add anything to it. I miss Axton uh, Ray. It feels like I haven't seen him in a while in GC. Yeah, hopefully he comes back soon. I think we haven't seen him ever since the um, the issue. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his Fight name? Club. Jesus Christ. Once again, we haven't seen him in forever. It's been a month. <laughs> hey, you know what? Like I said, it's busy as all of us are. It's right. like, damn, you know? It does not feel um, like a month ago. It feels like two or three no, months. No, no, it does not. Holy crap. <laughs> all right. So, uh so after after that second match, man, the first match I was getting really worried with what I was going to have to review tonight. I thought it was going to be a small venue, low expectations. Everybody's going to be a little muted. Maybe not much blood. Maybe not much violence. You know, it's going to be more of a smaller. Nope. The first match was a little. You know, ugh. the second match though, I I knew we were back at GCW because I don't know what the hell happened that first. One. <laughs> this thing really kicked off at match two for me. And, uh, it, yeah, it was a welcome sight. It was like watching a band that I, uh, man, I don't know why I'm on this match so much that, yeah, the second match was fantastic, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will lead us to our, I just, but yeah, no, no, no okay. I'm not going ahead. <laughs> that will lead us to our third matchup of the evening. As the fuckery starts coming out a little bit, we get some, uh, regular size door and then a little mini, uh, skinny door, <laughs> not even a mini door, a skinnier version of the door. Um, so they bring that out to the ring and the next matchup is Sawyer wreck going against Jimmy Lloyd. And after what Sawyer showed me the night before, I'm, I didn't really not like, I, I've always liked her. I think she definitely has a it factor. I just think for mm-hmm. me uh, personally, as a fan, I still think she's a little green, but she has definitely shown improvement in every match. I just don't, I don't think, I didn't think she should be getting the push and getting all these kind of big matches. I still think it's too early for her. I really liked her like with JCW and stuff like that. Keep growing her through JCW naturally. And then when she gets to the point where she's kind of outgrown JCW and gone through everybody, then bring her up. But how they're kind of uh, pacing her matches and who they're going against. I think it's super smart and it's so beneficial for her, um, especially in this match of going against a Jimmy Lloyd and stuff like that. So she has grown on me. She definitely grew on me at NGI. That, that uh, gory special into the Boston Crab spot, uh, that was it for me. That's where I, it clicked for me. It was like, uh-huh. okay, I get it. I get her now. Like she's, she's a bad woman. She's tough. She's got an absolutely different look. She, like I said, she's got the that it that the crowd loves her. And um, then after the performance in NGI, I was looking forward to this matchup. And I'm once again, I know I kind of sounded. I'm glad to see Jimmy Lloyd um, back in the ring and doing it yes. how he does it. So I got to stop mentioning that because now it feels like I said that the last four or five shows from him. But um, uh, just real quickly before this, like right when this match starts, I love seeing Ciclope like kind of pull up, pull the court and you see Ciclope's head. Kind of, oh like, yeah. The, the yeah, first part peaking. of this match, he's just watching it. He's watching Jimbo wrestle and stuff like that. So that's that once again goes to like the Los Pacistos, the Familia, the family, like the love that mm-hmm. they, they have for Jim, Jimmy and Jimbo and, 
just the love that they're having with GCW. That was one of those moments like, this is why I love them. Like they're showing this support for Jimbo even. Like, so uh, that was my thoughts on how when this first match started. What was your thoughts on this? So I was really surprised that Sawyer was even fighting tonight because last night was just so much. And um, good for her for getting out there and doing that, man. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Worth a solid competitor. So it was nice to see him out there. He could carry her. She could carry him if one of them wasn't able to do something. Nah, they both looked really good out there together. Um, let's see here. So we're going to go ahead and do our good old-fashioned deathmatch rundown since it's uh, a little easier to do than just sit here and talk <laughs> about punch, punch, kick, kick. But minute one, the match opens with a strong spear by Sawyer to Lloyd through a door. It was in the corner in the first two seconds of the match, I'm saying. Then gusset plates went into Jimmy's arms almost immediately. I love that spot when they kind of do it certain times. I don't want to see that every uh-huh. time when they the ring bell and then boom. That's one thing I have not seen in a while is the hot starts. Well, uh, maybe I'm the saying only that. The one was Hunter. Remember Hunter Free yes. did it on NGI 7? Yes. That's been it for a long time. Yeah, I love that hot spot. Like, I remember when I first watched GCW and like I started getting into it and these first couple matches happened. Uh, or the the first couple shows I watched as I became a new GCW fan, I found that throughout the night we would get the one count, which I loved only when it's done like one time and after like a crazy sequence of damage or finishers and stuff like that. I loved the one count when it's timed right, and I loved the hot starts. I loved the MLJ doing the announcement. Oh shit! As Moxie gets hit with the light tubes yes. right in front of him, like I loved that hot start and seeing Sawyer do it to Lloyd. I was I was excited. I was like, yes, that's what I want to see. <laughs> And it, it really picked up the things like that really pick up the temperature of the room. Yep. And it really did because it felt like the crowd came alive mm-hmm. and this was a good crowd. They were, they were really producing some noise for their size. So yes. good for them that, you know, the hardcore was coming out that night. Minute two, several chairs were thrown at Sawyer, like Sabu style. There was an awesome code red by Sawyer in minute three, there were skewers into Jimmy's head. And Jimmy was kicked off the ring and onto a bunch of chairs on the floor. Minute four, there was a gusset to Sawyer's forehead, then light tubes to Sawyer. So all within about 90 seconds, both of them had either skewers or gussets stuck to their forehead. Minute five, Lloyd kind of puts Sawyer through like this half door. That's the one you're talking yeah. about where it's like the skinny door. Um, it was That was a weird spot. But um, our winner was Sawyer Weck. She did a choke slam on Lloyd. This was only a six-minute match, but they accomplished about 10 minutes worth of violence. And um, no lie, this is the green part coming in. There were quite a few missteps, including the ending. Not going to lie, I think it's only fair to mention. And again, I, I think I'm turning heel somehow. But no, I, like that's I, the truth. Yeah, and I said that myself even. like That's kind of what... Made me not get fully in, fully buy in to Sawyer Wreck. I was like, I, I just not saying like I didn't think back then she could be something. I don't, I don't think, she, I never thought she could get the reaction that she's getting re- even right now from the crowd, which was like really? incredible. No, I didn't think so. Yeah, but yeah, she's man, like she's... definitely over. That's for sure. Her, uh, she did a match. God, it was GCW also, and I can't remember what night it was, but I think she was. God, I can't even remember. It wasn't a GCW regular, but both of them came out and put on this match, and she's getting shit stapled to her forehead. And I mean, I'm like, that woman is tough as nails. Was and it the Slade match? And the look. Uh, I know her and Slade had a match like they got had crazy. A crazy match. Yeah, it got crazy. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I feel the same me, way for Slade. Maybe. Don't quote me, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that would have been it. But uh, 
Jeez. And then I just, I saw her and then I saw that the fans were into her. And like I said, she's got this look and everything. It's just so unique and different. And that's what GCW is about. Um, yeah, I, I had a feeling something was coming. I've been fortunate that every now and then I've been able to, you know, oh, this one has something. I said it about the acclaimed. And they first came out really years ago. Oh, gosh, my wife hates me for that shit. There's been <laughs> quite a few. Um, she hated Britt Baker. I told her well beforehand that Britt Baker, Baker was going to be a big deal. Um, Chris Statlander. Just, I'm just going off yeah. AEW people just in the last three years or so. Yeah, um, I saw her, and I saw that there's something unique and different there. The size alone is enough for you to book her again, because it's not often you see someone tower at 6'2". I mean, a female walking out. At exactly. It's just... And I mean, if you've never seen her before, and she walks through the crowd and walks right by you, you're going to be like, what the fuck is going on here? So I think she's just, she had a great foot forward with the look, and then the fact that she was able to uh, go out there and say no to nothing. She just went balls on from there on out. And, and yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's exactly what I, what I saw, too, was like, she's not afraid to get in there with Slade or Hoodfoot or no, take the no. gusses to the head and do the crazy shit. Like, she's like, just like Alley Cat's like, no, you treat me like how you treat everyone else. Go for it. And obviously, I think that's a big thing that makes everyone love Alley Catch, that she just don't give a fuck either. And she'll put herself through whatever pain to kind of prove a point. And I just was, was so erect. Like, I didn't, I just didn't, at the time, I didn't think she was ready. And I just... I didn't get it, but every match is like trial by fire with her. They throw her in Matt Tremont, which is super smart. Like you're getting her experience in front of these big crowds and these big names and in these kind of big moments, but you're putting them in there with like these veterans that know how to control the crowd, know how to control the pace of the match, know how to like tell a story. And that's as a wrestler, that's what you were learning. So I think she, she did a, she's done an awesome job and has continued to learn on the job, not learn on the job, but like being put through these fires and she's come out on the pretty much for the good end of it. Yes. There's little miss ups here and there, but that's going to happen to a 20 year veteran. So mm-hmm. like, I don't hold it against her too much. I just, at that, when I know they're kind of starting off and stuff like that, like, okay, like there's something there. It's not there for, for me right now, but there could be something in the future. Where it's like, holy shit. And I was just late to the party on Sawyer wreck. And, um, yeah, this match with Jimmy Lloyd was kind of one of those perfect six-minute matches. Jimmy Lloyd kind of, I'm not, I don't want to say walk through it because I think that's disrespectful. Sorry, I don't mean to walk her through it, but I mean to kind of, as a, I don't no, know how long it is. It's, it's to, no, it's to help make sure that the match does its thing, and the guy who knows more because he's been around longer makes sure. Okay, let's do this. Yes. She's learning. It's awesome. Yeah, and every wrestler does this. So that's why I don't want to make Fuck it sound yes. like it's just because yeah. she's a woman that she has to be walked through this match. Like, this is goes for every wrestler. Like, that's what they used to back in the day. Like, I mean, it still kind of is like that way now, but I don't see it as much now because we just see them wrestle against each other no matter the age. But usually the younger wrestlers would get in there with these shorter matches with the older veterans and they would learn how to pace the match and keep on going. And that's what the job of the older veteran wrestlers yeah. to do is get the younger exactly wrestlers wrestlers. So, You're right. So that's what I'm seeing now with Sawyer Rick, but I'm seeing the progression a lot faster now than what I thought would happen. And that's awesome to see. And like I said, I became a fan after that NGI. Like that was the moment to me it clicked where some of these are like teriyaki and stuff like that. Sometimes like I click with them just, oh shit, they killed in the scramble. I clicked. So I just clicked at a different time for Sawyer Rick, but she's absolutely killing it. So um, 
Another great match, or not great match, but another good match with Jimmy Lloyd here. A quick so six-minute match, and she gets the victory over Jimmy. And then um, it's Everett Connors and Charlie Evans, correct? Yes. Okay. Now let's just take out Connors for a second. Charlie Evans, Casey Catal, Sawyer Rick, Ludark Chatin, Mickey Knuckles, Taya Valkyrie, uh, Sadika, or Sadika. Yeah. Um, the women's death match scene right now is fucking sweet. Like, it really is a beautiful thing. There are a lot of hard-working women out there. We did not have that 20 years ago. It's fantastic to see because um, I can almost tell you that a lot of these women may not have been given the same chance 20 years ago. So oh, no shot. We've got stars out here, man, and it's so nice to see. And I, I maybe should have used that for a conversation here uh, as a starter on one of our shows, but... It just hit me. I'm sitting here, and off the top of my head, I'm, I'm just nailing off names. I'm like, fuck, there's some good ones out there that are really putting it down. Tougher than me. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, good for them. Good for them. But, yeah, there's, there's some ladies out there really earning their paychecks, and that's fucking awesome. Beautiful. Our fourth matchup of the evening, and this is where <laughs> this is where I was like, okay, yeah. shit is this is what is going on? Where is this show going? <laughs> Why is this happening? What is going on? Yes. What happened in between these second and third matches and the fourth match to turn this into NGI night two? As we have mm-hmm. a GCW tag team title death match between the team of Los Macisos. Going against Dysfunction and Eric Dillinger. And I, if I have seen these two, I don't recall. I I went in thinking, like, I, I don't know if I've seen them, but um, they had a different look. I was like, okay, this is the local team. This is what I liked about yeah, the whole Bussy yeah. run, where they were given main events, uh, Waves and Curls. Um, what was it? The Caution with uh, Anton Voorhees and Dark Sheik. They're given all these local mm-hmm. talent tag teams a stage to showcase their talent and i was all in i was excited i wanted to see what they did obviously i was excited because los macisos match and once i saw the fuckery come out too i was like what is uh, what what does dysfunction and eric dillinger what can they bring to a death match with los macisos and yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna just i don't think i don't know if he's even on your point but there were firecrackers on baseball bats here and that's what I thought of this match was a firecracker. <laughs> this match was a firecracker. And like it's literally at the end. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was excited and interested in how this would turn out. Dude, the shit was crazy, too. An eight minute match. OK, so I am going to go full fucking heel right here. I am mad as fuck. The Macisos got new music and I was falling in love with their fucking music. I loved it so much. Yep. I'm going to try to see if maybe I can get a hold of Miedo or Ciclope and be like, dude, what was that song you guys used to see? Maybe, you know. uh, but there were, um, there were ICW chants through the crowd. That's the local promotion where Dysfunction and Eric Dillinger were coming from. They showed the fuck up. Dysfunction was awesome. Dillinger did a great freaking job. Both of them were tough as fuck, especially for locals. They fit right into the GCW scene. That made me think more about who is this ICW? So if I have a chance, maybe I'll have to check them out because those guys did a damn good job. And if that lets me know that that's, you know, kind of where the temperature is, I'm, I'm curious to see what else is out there. And that's what these wrestling matches are for, is for us to get interested in what's really going on out there and to kind of feature these guys. And a hell of a feature. This was fun. This is fun as shit. The crowd was really there 
for this match to see ICW just kick the shit out of Los Macisos because, boy, did they pick up when those guys came out. Local guys come out, it's like, hey, you know, clap hands. No, they were loud. I yep. think they may have been louder for Los for, for these guys than Los Macisos. I agree. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was shocked of the reaction they were getting. I was like, okay, they're popular, so they must be doing something right. So that got my excitement mm-hmm. even more high. Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, they were worth it. I hope to see them again when they come back to Wisconsin. They were a nice addition to the night. So there are a couple minutes in here where I'm going to skip what went on. That's because there was real wrestling going on, and I didn't really put anything in there unless there was a high spot. So here we go. Minute one, there was a chair thrown at Miedo, again, Sabu style. There was a bat with bottle caps, and there was also a firecrack, uh, firecracker baseball bat firecrack. That'd be a whole other thing. Firecracker <laughs> baseball bat. Minute two was wrestling. Minute three was another firecracker bat coming out. And you won't believe, unless you've seen it, how fun they are to watch somebody get the shit cracked out of them by one of those bats and those firecrackers go off. Uh, minute five, Dillinger hits Ciclope with a superplex through the barbed wire door that looked vicious. Minute six, Dysfunction dropped chest first onto a barbed wire bat. It looked nasty. But it was, again, a quick match. Dysfunction and Dillinger were awesome. I can 100% watch them again. But our winners were Los Macisos. Miedo hit a Shining Wizard on Dysfunction with a flaming knee, which ended up being a flaming fucking leg, which almost was a flaming cyclope. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Take your time. Uh... Dude, I lost my shit. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. We're going to see a man on fire. And I'm watching it kind of go up his leg. And then I see him lay on the ground and I go, okay, that got a bucket. The bucket goes out, hits him with the water, and I still see some fire. I'm like, oh, shit. So they finally get that out. I don't know what the hell happened, but you notice there was some fire on the side of the ring, too. No. On the edge of the rope, right on the hardest part of the ring. Yeah, oh, I didn't a, catch a small, that. A, like a small little fire, something was over there and caught over there, and then they had to put that out over there too. So. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, I love this it. match I was crazy. It. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I loved it. I they got their money's worth. I'm like, why, why all of a sudden did this just pick up? Like, do they all the fans just give a hundred extra dollars to uh, get the mm-hmm. get some more action or something? Because like it turned up, and I when I saw the fire, like I had to do a double take. I'm like. What what the fuck did he just do? Why? What in mm-hmm. this in this venue, this place, this is where I'm like, this had no reason happening at this in this show, in this match, at this venue with this crowd. Like it just that just shows like what there's but Masisos, what GCW roster are willing to do to make sure that the fans always leave happy, regardless yeah. of the size and regardless of the energy. And like I said, I'm not knocking the energy. I'm just saying that the energy was awesome, especially during this match. I think this was one of the hottest matches of the night, literally with the fire. But um, I I was stunned by what Dysfunction Eric Dillinger was, was were doing. They were good. I, I'm the same way. I was like, they are impressing me right now. And... I think like I just find the similarities between Bussy's run and hopefully this what most most Macisos instead of just picking out any tag team of the locals, mm-hmm. I would like them to pick out the local deathmatch tag teams that's around them because obviously that's kind of their style match that they seem to excel at. So um, yeah, this was crazy and <laughs> fun. I, I I loved every bit of this match. This really like my jaw was like not to the floor, but it was just like what happened? Like I just. 
I just didn't understand what happened. Like this show just got crazy all of a sudden. <laughs> like I was just like, I love it, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, this was this was the GCW kind of show we're used to. And you're right about that. Uh, the whole situation with Los Macisos here. I'm a big fan of that Bussy title run, and I know that the whole thing that made that title run so good was it was hard fought, but also it had to do with who they picked as uh, opponents. And I like that anytime, anywhere, not give a fuck attitude where it could be a death match it could be a clean match it could be a you know a fun match it could be all three you just never know um but this was the same thing i'm really hoping Masisos does the bussy style title run because i really do feel that this i don't know how much more dude these guys are just fucking i'm losing my words because i have nice things to say in a hundred different directions but yeah, I've posted it online and they get their kudos because they're just so fucking good. And, and uh, this is right after yeah. NGI. They both competed in a deathmatch yeah. tournament the night before, even though Mieda um, only had one match. Ciclope had two pretty crazy matches that yeah. night. And to go uh, the next night in front of, let's say, 100 people and hit a flaming, shining wizard <laughs> after well, just everything you just yeah. went through is crazy. That's what I was saying. I'm like, okay, he just went through two matches yesterday. He gets up. He's back there. He's sitting there. He's putting his gear on. He's like, you know what? I feel like shit, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give these hundred people in Wisconsin a fucking flaming leg. I'm like, he didn't save that for like the NGI or save that. Exactly. For, you know, these major. No, nah, man, he's setting his shit up. Maybe he was cold. Maybe but yeah, he's setting his shit on fire in Wisconsin. Oh, I I see the fire now off to the side. Yeah, they they had a little yeah, trouble like on that a one. one. <laughs> I just love Ciclope and Medio's face. Like Medio's just shaking his head. Like I can't believe you did that, Ciclope. Ciclope's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Like to me, it felt like yeah, I just did that. Brett had no idea, but he he he, <laughs> I did it. Ha ha ha. See, I'll do it. I don't care. And see, Medio's just like, you're a madman. Like I I just love them those two. Like I I love everything that they're doing. And this match, I loved everything about it. Eight minute tag match, but super crazy, super good when it had no reason to, <laughs> other than for mm, the fans. Super in general. crazy. I could use a Hooventude and super crazy versus Los Macisos. I got to see Hooventude. No uh, Hooventude in a scramble match out here for GCW. We see, uh, were you out here when we, uh, I swore you were with us when we saw um, I know. No, it wasn't Rhino. Who the hell was it that I was just? Who was the two we were just talking about? Super crazy. My mind just and Hoobie. Super crazy. Did you? Did you go to Vegas when he was here with Super Crazy? No, I didn't see the Super Crazy. I just saw Hoobitude wow, when. My uh, words or my words just went funky <laughs> for a second there. I, I I was here for the Hoobitude match when he made his GCW uh, debut and wrestled in the scramble match, and that was that like, was good. Yeah, yeah, that was just shortly right after he wrestled Chris Jericho. So, um, yeah. This, this this match was good. This then I was like, okay, what does the rest of this night have to offer? Because I know we still got a Taipei death match later on, but once again with competitors, well, a competitor that was in the NGI. So yeah, the pace picked up, Ooh. and now we see what the Wisconsin death trip is all about. Uh, real fast though, dysfunction. Eric Dillinger, as you said, hundred percent want to see them in GCW again. They earned it just off that match alone. Our fifth matchup of the evening, which was a very intriguing one to me. Hunter Freeman against Big Joe. And like I said before, yeah. I haven't seen too much of Big Joe, but I absolutely love him. Oh, yes. Hunter he's good. He's damn good, dude. Yeah. From what I've Big seen, I, I love oh, him. He needs to be over here a lot more, too. And 
seeing Hunter Freeman, I'm like, okay, this is a showcase match between these two talents, and let's see what they have. Let's see the violence that they could create, because obviously the death trip, uh, or Wisconsin death trip, it just gets crazier and crazier, and these two did not disappoint either. Okay, so the one thing I was noticing here was, obviously the commentary had mentioned that the ring is kind of smaller also. When you see Hunter Freeman at six foot plus get in the ring, and then Big Joe at six foot plus get in the ring, it's just, these men were almost too big for this fucking ring. It was almost comical uh, how big they were versus the ring. Not saying bad against anything, it's just, it was cool to see the real size of two large men, and you could really see it here because that ring had the lowered. But I'm happy to report that the ultraviolet teddy bear was in Wisconsin. Um, it was not lost. Someone decided to pick it up and take them with it, take it uh, with us to the next show. I hope it stays. I really like it. I think the ultraviolet teddy bear should get a name. Ooh, we should name it. Maybe that's who early morning guys steal teddy bear. Hey, hey, I'm not gonna fucking lie. I honestly thought it would have been killer to put someone in that suit. I was thinking the someone same way. Suit, I went to the lay. I went to the Ring of Honor. Uh, the bear that Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega had with the Ring of Honor. And, like, we always see this bear. We always see this bear. Then I, I was actually at that show, too, and it was Kenny Omega showed up and wow. undid the... Uh, that was such a fun, exciting moment, too. I, I thought the wow. same thing, though. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I hope maybe one day this bear gets a life-size kind of uh, costume and we get to see one day the someone in that yeah. bear kind of do a cool-looking turn or something like that. Alrighty, so... You ready for this good old minute by minute? There was, Let's again, wrestling in here. Let's get fucking violent. Minute one, there was a two broken over each other's heads. They were literally laughing at the leaping light tube shots by Joe. I don't know if anybody yeah. really caught that. I caught that. That was funny. Was, it was like if you told a five-year-old that the tube that comes with wrapping paper was a sword, and he was just learning how to fight with it, and he... Every time Joe swung a light tube, he was leaping in the air, and it was just fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, minute two was wrestling. Minute three, the ultraviolet bear was placed on Hunter, and then Joe did a senton onto the bear, which was just vicious. Minute four, cheese grater comes out. Staple gun dollar onto uh, Hunter's forehead and chest multiple times. I mean two, three times on the forehead, on the chest. And the crowd starts yell, uh, chanting, we want money. Uh, minute five, definitely this was a Joe-style match. Joe got stapled in the balls. Minute six, Joe has a scooter and fails. <laughs> minute seven, Hunter slams Joe through this fucking tower of glass that was impressive. Minute eight, Hunter kind of uh, put through the barbed wire door, kind of, we'll say. Minute nine, Joe was put through a pane of glass, then speared through a barbed wire door. And we're getting Joe chance. Joe, Joe, Joe. Minute 10, Hunter hit Joe with a light tube bundle with cut cans. It was a nasty, nasty, brutal match. It was just, there was a lot of violence. There was blood. It was beautiful. This was the fucking death trip. Um, our winner, Hunter Freeman. I didn't even put an ending. This was just one of those ones where um, I think it was just a pin. They didn't do anything too crazy at the end of this. I think he, he hit him in the corner off the top of my wasn't it just he crashed him through some glass and wrapped him up? It wasn't anything too crazy, was it? Um, I think he did like a jump off the top rope. Well, that's more than I reported, unfortunately. I so, think I, I could be wrong. Um, I I can't remember. Oh, it was the he did kind of um 
Uh, the Yakuza kick, kind of. Okay. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah. I thought he jumped off the top. I remember him Dude. jumping. Obviously, we Hunter Freeman jumping <laughs> everywhere. So. Yeah, they, they did a lot in a small place. And what I really liked about this, and I hope this is promising, Joe grabbed a mic and said he wants to do this again with Hunter. And then he turns around to walk away. And as he's walking away, you can literally see there's a cut can lid stuck in his fucking back as he's walking off. So I couldn't think of a cooler little way to end it than for a guy to say something so nice and saying he wants to do that fight all over again and walks back and you can literally see like a weapon right? still stuck in his fucking <laughs> it's, back. It's like you see the like in the movies, you see someone talking and like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. They turn around and it's like stuck to them and stuff like that, like the yep, kick me yep. sign or something. So uh, I like how the match started off too when like they both like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do a real wrestling match. All right, you go the rope. Let's do the shoulder tackles. Like after two, Joe's like, "Oh fuck this!" and picked up a tube and hit him. And then the violence guy. I like how they kind of like did the little teaser. I enjoyed this match. I, mm-hmm. I I became a fan of Big Joe. I I very much like him. I do want to see him more often. And I think this was kind of a good match as we uh, with Hunter Freeman. I think this was kind of a good showcase kind of death match for both of them. And I think they both had their moments throughout this uh, match where they shined and. They showed how crazy they're willing to get and all the pain that they're willing to go through for just kind of keep their spot on the GCW roster because there's there's a lot of talent out there that's fighting for these shows. And like it's like we oh, see yeah. like some of these wrestlers like, oh, where were they? Where were they? But you got to make room for these some of these uh the, the new talent and get them on the card and show what they got. And I loved it. I would. These are two people I want to see more often in a GCW ring. Once again, I would definitely like to see them throw it, uh, run it back again as well. Our sixth matchup of the evening, and in my opinion, uh, I think probably your opinion too, or I saw a lot of people's opinion online, the match of the night. Yes, this is it. This is it. I love, I love, I love the main event. This is the fucking match of the night. Yeah. I can't think of many nights where this shouldn't have been the main event. Yeah, true. That's no, what no, main event almost any card. No disrespect to anyone in the main event because I'm dead serious. Those guys in the main event know I fucking love them. I'm, well, not Sakuda. Cole knows <laughs> I fucking love him. But I'll tell Sakuda right now publicly I fucking love him. But uh, yeah, this just went down so well. And it was just so damn unbelievably violent. They told such a good story. Uh, I'm honestly surprised this was a 12 and a half minute match because this felt like more. It and felt yeah. so much into it. Like it was so layered. It felt like that was maybe like a lead off to something or like, I hope so. I could, I would definitely love it. It is a Taipei death match between John Wayne Murdoch, the NGI <laughs> seven winner from the night prior. So, Three, he had three matches the night before, and we didn't think he might have not got past the second match because he got injured in that second match. But mm-hmm. John Wayne Murdoch, and this goes off of what I was saying, Murdoch, Murdoch, I said Murdoch. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch, I think this is where I was talking about last episode where the dude is just putting in work and he's like the Iron Man, the, the one that's going to just be there every single night and put himself on the line. And, um, yeah, this was he went against Mance Warner, and I just can't sing John Wayne Murdoch's praises enough. Like what he's been doing, especially over these last two three months, has been incredible to watch because it's he's taken the most damage I think by far of any GCW wrestler, and he still shows up the next night and puts on, as we said, probably the show stealer here, and it's not even in the main event, and shows why he's so valuable and deserved to win the NGI Seven. This this match was got crazy. 
Okay, this whole uh, Taipei deathmatch situation. So I'm going to give you what I know about it because I was even noticing commentary kind of didn't know what was going on with the whole situation. So this whole Taipei deathmatch thing, I think this originally came across America's borders with a Van Damme movie back in the 80s where they had taped up their hands and then dipped them in broken glass and fought with the broken glass on their hands. Uh, fast forward a little bit into wrestling. There was a famous Taipei death match between Ian and Axel Rotten that went down in ECW. And there were many past that, but the one between those two are, you know, one of the more famous ones. So if you have a chance and you're, you like the Taipei death match that went down here, you're going to see a just as bloody, if not a little bit even more bloody uh, Taipei death match from those two in ECW. Um, that is what I can tell you about the death match. That is a, this is a very dangerous uh, stipulation even in ecw with the wild times that it was ian and axel were, were still very careful with each other because this could have went really bad really quick now i don't remember how they glued quote unquote their hands in ecw i do think it was just tape i'm not 100 percent sure and anyone who can search in a search bar can find out and get the but yeah, and this match, the way they uh, handled this was that both men had, uh, they had a hot glue gun and they hot glued the top of their hands and then hurried up and like stuck their hands in the shit. And unfortunately, that kind of sucks because that glue, it dries so damn quick. Anybody that's ever used a hot glue gun kind of know. And, um, but they did it. They ended up getting some of the glass on the hands and they ended up fighting and blood, 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 blood. I don't. Can you describe it any other way than just fucking violence and blood? I, like a bare knuckle fight with glass on their fists. Like I saw one uh, Taipei death match in person, and I shook because I was watching these people for like the first five minutes of the match, punching all that stuff, and they could not draw any blood at all. As you said, it could be the the glue drying out and the, all the glass falling off and stuff. But like I watched the first yeah. five minutes, I'm like, there's no blood. Why are we like? Then the only time they got bloody was when it went they got the light tubes and the table and all that stuff yeah. so that's when it got bloody but this one was this felt like this is how a type uh, taipei deathmatch should be as they were like right away just bloody from the first punches and i, I like i enjoyed it this was <laughs> just seeing mance warner enjoy himself like uh he was in another one that i saw um i was watching with the ngi five i think it was when uh like the, the main event was a Taipei death match and like they super glued the hands and stuff like or super glued the glass on the hands and I I was kind of thinking like maybe this is like his kind of style match he he likes doing the punches and kicks anyway so of course he's gonna enjoy it with glass mm. on his hands so I think this fit him more than it fit John Wayne Murdoch but they both were incredible with it and I I enjoy it like <laughs> I don't understand how John Wayne Murdoch could do what he's doing it just blows my mind away. So I went back and looked. This match here in GCW is way fucking bloodier than the I. So I have to go back on my word. Way bloodier than the ECW death match. Oh really? Two rottens. Oh absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It. I don't know how many people I've seen bleed as hard in GCW as Mance did that night. Can you name many? You know what I mean? Like it was. Bad. Other than it's what he really what bad. happened to him at NGI five, like that, that was the worst I've seen him, like just with the blood and stuff. See, I've never seen that. I'm gonna have to look at that one too. 
But I mean, this was right. incredible. Like for for the amount of blood we've seen at these shows, like yeah, this was one of the up there bloodiest ones I've seen because yeah, they were just both dripping blood. <laughs> and then Murdoch four four fucking death matches in twenty four hours. Yeah, that's incredible. Oh my god! And three out of those four came all within what two hours? Yeah. And I just I don't know how he sleeps. I don't even want to know how that shower was after. Oh that goodness, night. yeah. Like that dude, that'd have been vicious shower. Uh I'm sure he's still working glass out of his skin, but I'm sure he's working glass out of his skin from a week ago or two weeks ago. He still got that bump on his elbow that I noticed like a couple months ago, like when he didn't have tape on, and now he still looks like you can see the bump even through the tape on his elbow. So I think he yeah. needs to get that drained out. <laughs> That's nasty. I'd like to know what the hell's really in there. What's going on? But, well, my stepdad had it one time. It was just uh, just a buildup of um, not calcium, but like liquid. It, yeah, it was just a bit like literally they drained it and it was just all straight, like a lot of blood, but it went away. Like it just he just needed the drain and it was gone. So like I don't think it was as bad as well, maybe because I got to see it actually in person. So maybe it is as bad as John Wayne Murdoch's, but his is like protruding through a yeah. wrap and a pad so his got his has to be pretty gnarly that's that sucks man that's got to be a real pain in the ass and with him right now he's just go 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 exactly so but uh yeah much respect to murdoch and um yeah mance really fucking poured it on tonight literally it was just this was again yeah i feel like i'm repeating myself a lot because it felt like i had these overall uh like these overall feelings or thoughts and I just can't get away from them. Like this match was just so damn good. How many ways can I say this match was just so damn good. Um, so I will give the rundown minute by minute because that's what we've been waiting on getting going. So here we go. Minute one, Mance spends time cutting Murdoch's head with the glass. Mance Sabu's chair at Murdoch. Murdoch throws glass in Mance's eyes. Minute one. <laughs> okay, minute two. Both men bleeding well at this point. And I mean it, bleeding well. When I say well, I mean it because, again, I've watched probably three, four decades of fucking deathmatch wrestling. They, they are bleeding well. They were fighting at the bar. Murdoch gets on the headset and starts doing commentary while I was beating up Mance. I thought that, that was funny, funny. yeah. Uh, minute three, Prezak's pen was used on Mance's head. Uh, minute four, hammer into Mance's head and nose. Murdoch hitting the dick with the hammer, and Mansur hit uh, in the leg and hand with the hammer. That was only minute four. Okay, so minute five, Mance is dripping blood hard. Murdoch goes underneath to drink it. Just <laughs> fucking sick. wow! I that was a level I didn't expect. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they will be told to ever do that again. That was. I've never seen anything like that. There. Bro, that's coming for me. That was out there. Yeah. It's one thing to like, oh, lick it off your hand or, oh, you know. Exactly. This motherfucker put his mouth under there and fucking like Pauly Shore, he wheezed the juice. Oh, my God. That's way fucking, better than what I was going to say. Fucking, he's like, oh. <laughs> wheezed the yeah, juice. I, I was going to say like it looked like he's like underneath a chocolate fondue that like the Golden Corral or something like that. But dude. that was way better. I love that. Dude, it <laughs> was like an ice juice, cream man. machine or like, yeah, it was just he just laid under there. And I'm, I'm oh, my God, the crowd <laughs> was just shocked. I was shocked. That was that was a lot. This is only okay. minute four. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so five and then say, okay, so minute six, Mance through the door. Mance cut even harder now. There was a pool of blood on a door that, that developed in no time whatsoever. 
Murdoch lifts it up and drinks it, then hits him with the fucking door. Okay, this is a whole new level of Murdoch. This is like, this is the guy who, that's the guy who doesn't raise the rabbits, Murdoch. That's the, that's the Murdoch we shouldn't see too often. That was vicious, dude. I, you always have a level where you think people are capable of. I didn't really think Murdoch was the, I'm going to drink your blood dripping off your fucking head from, oh. Not at all, no. Dude, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that was fucking hardcore. That, that, that may be the next level in wrestling would be people that show off by doing that shit. Like, I'm not. I've never seen it before. We saw saw another level. We saw, we saw in some way another level, at least at GCW, that I haven't seen that just, hey man, good to you, Murdoch. And man, good shit, guys. You, you, you know, you don't have a ceiling and that's actually appreciated. You, you put it in a different spot tonight. And I know it's not a, a unique thing, but in GCW, man, that was another level. Anything else you want to say about that before I move on? I mean, that's not like the first half of the match, Ooh. but I'm just like, Lord. You hit everything like that. This once again, fight TV. Send us some of this money. At least give us five bucks a month because this yeah. again is another no, match that's worth yeah. five dollars for the whole month just for one match. You get everything. I would buy. I would sign up just to watch this match because after the NGI and you think that's going to be super crazy and bloody, like this kind of put every match on that card regarding just blood wise, the shame mm-hmm. and. Like, yeah, as you said, we saw, like, the sadistic version of John Wayne Murdoch. This is, like, the... Char- Ooh, it was dark. This is, like, the Charles Mason version of John Wayne Murdoch. Like, he went into, like, a deep place in this match, it looked like. It seemed like, hey, if I got to do this fourth match, like, I'm going to just get out all my frustration. I'm just going to go crazy, because I I never saw the drinking of the blood. Um, I know you're about to say this next one, where the man had so much blood in his eyes, he's wiping it, like... They yeah. don't want to wipe away that blood. They love to have it there for the visual effect mm-hmm. of the craziness. But Mance was just leaking so bad. Like he, he's taking his shirt and he's wiping it, but he's trying not to wipe too much away. But there was just so much glass. And I, I loved it. Like, I don't like that kind of stuff normally. Like the drinking the blood's too much for me, but it fits so good with this match. And as you said, it was a different side of John Wayne that we've never seen and i mm-hmm. I, I don't know i did i just i'm repeating myself too this this i'm just at a loss for words with this match dude you want to see a man bleed like if you if, gcw fans all know but i mean if there was a gcw fan and they were talking to someone and said you want to see some crazy shit or you want to see a guy like fucking bleed like you know most recently this match would be one to show them I again, I don't know if I've seen someone bleed that hard. Like Mance was really dripping good there for minutes over minutes over minutes. I mean, yeah, these guys didn't get out a minute one or two without fucking blood all over them. It was, it was intense. Good for them. I'll be honest with you. Let's, let's, let's be fair about this. Good for them. It was a hell of a good time for us. I'm sure Mance is fine. He didn't go to anything like that. But this is one of those performances where I don't care, like who won or lost. You both nope, jump up. So nope. You you both should be fighting Nick Cage next show. Like that's immediately. I I just cut in front of the line with Ooh. that final performance. So so there's a good question. We're gonna have to maybe we'll just talk about it right now. I think we have not thought about the fact that maybe for Nick Gage's sake, if he were starting to feel, uh, we could make a three way, man. Yep, I was, See, you the <laughs> I was the up. fingers up there. I knew you were looking. I'm like, exactly. That would that yes. would add so much, like not so much, but I would further extend Nick Gage's career. I think, obviously, like you don't have to be the focal point of the match. You could 
pop up, do yeah. your shit, get out, get beat up, pop up, do your shit, get out, get up. Like, I think that'd be Win, perfect for Nick. Look Kitten. like a champion. Yeah. And then like, that's what it's called for. Like you said, like, Hey, like, Hey boss, man, I'm not feeling so hot today. Like if you want, I can go 10 minutes. If you want 15, 20, 25, let's add a third one in. Let's go crazy. And once again, there's, we talk about all these new contenders or new faces that he hasn't wrestled or fought against in a long time. I think it would be kind of smart to kind of fix those multiple man matches uh, or women matches, multiple person matches, weave them in and out with this Nick Gage run just to kind of further Nick Gage along. So this is a weird one, but I think about this a lot. Um, some wrestlers would rather have one 15-minute match than to have three 15-minute tag matches and only be in for five minutes. I don't know if you know what that, you know, you understand. They only have to go to one place and work 15 minutes, and that's yeah. Whereas for fans like us and for the wrestler's body, they can do five minutes on this tag, five minutes on that tag show, five minutes on this tag match, and then they still only worked 15 minutes total, but they did that over three matches. And the paywall. And it's <laughs> Matt's Warner's paywall there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're going to be so, splitting your uh, money if, with this uh, tag team match instead of just one-on-one. Yeah, and, and this is something I know that we haven't really talked about since probably one of our first shows, but I am a big fan of taking veteran wrestlers and putting them in multiple man matches for that reason, to protect them, to make sure they can have a breather, but also to give them space to do what they do best and still look good doing it. I would rather have three 15-minute matches where, the, where Gage goes for five minutes in a tag team than I would to just see one night Yep. Nick Gage, 15 minutes, and it's over. You know, spread that shit over three shows sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. Um, so back to the... <laughs> this is one of those nights where I'm all over the place. This is crazy. <laughs> okay, so minute seven. What you were saying, Mance was wiping his eyes a lot. He could not see, and it was just a problem. And you could see three, four times during the show where he was just trying to wipe with his shirt or wipe with his uh, bandana that he had on. And at one point he said, I can't fucking see shit. Yeah. And he just flat out said it and the you know, crowd's laughing and he's kind of joking about it, but he couldn't fucking see shit. Um, minute seven, we're still in minute seven. There was a headbutt fight. I'm talking clunk clunk against each other's heads, like a real headbutt fight. These two cracked each other really good a couple of times, not just to put your hand up there and hit your hand thing. Yep. There was a couple of times they really popped each other. Good minute eight gcw gcw chance everywhere murdoch dumps glass gusset plates and thumbtacks onto the mat minute nine gusset onto mance and i put this is a bloody match <laughs> uh, a minute minute 10 was wrestling and set up minute 11 mance was losing spoonfuls of blood every second at this point the camera got hit with blood and needed to be cleaned off Murdoch hits the Deep South Destroyer, looked fantastic, especially with all the blood. Everybody was all beat up. And still, our winner, after all of this craziness, and I think he's getting ready to go on, he's already on a run, and we're just not maybe recognizing it as much as we should. John Wayne Murdoch with the Koji Clutch. Awesome fucking match. And um, Mance was really the one that put his ass on the line quite a bit here, and Murdoch being as... Being as, what's a good word for it? Just he knows his shit so well that, that Manser was in good hands. And, and I think Mance does an excellent job the way he sells that gets 
yeah. other the his competitor over even more because the way he's like I, I forgot what part of the match he did like a move and like knock John Wayne Murdoch out in the corner you see match Mance is kind of like instead of celebrating or getting ready for another move he just crumples to the ground and looks at John Wayne Murdoch like, damn you kicked my ass like I need a breather here <laughs> like stop it and yeah. I just think his selling elevates uh whoever he's going against um a lot which is always helpful and this is one of these matches, though, where, like, I wish they didn't have a red mat. I wanted to see all that blood oh, <laughs> all spread out. You know? I think the red mat yeah. obviously kind of hurt it, but, like, Mance is so good. Like, when they lay out the, the door, you see, all, like, he's pouring the blood all over the door. Same thing with the chairs. Like, he's finding a way to show us at home or the crowd, like, visually, like, hey, look at, like, you might not be able to see it on the map, but look at these weapons and look how much I'm leaking here. And I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah, this was a great ending to a weekend for Murdoch. There was a lot of that was awesome chance. A lot of that was awesome chance. There were some light tube bundles that weren't even used. I'm guessing that the injury for, uh, for uh, Mance was just so bad that there was just no reason they made their point. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's what I was going to say. And here's, here's, this is what really happened for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. About 11 to 11 and a half minutes in, maybe a little less than that, Mance gets thrown into a door in the corner. And you can just tell he went from bleeding to a lot of bleeding really quick. It's almost like when he hit the door, he may have hit his head on the way down or whatnot, and it just aggravated that injury. And that's when the blood really started pouring. And I think that's when they maybe made the decision that it's time to start taking it home because too many more shots to the head was not going to be good. And again, they laid light tube bundles out there to be used and they were not used. I'm guessing he did not want glass and all that shit in his open head yep. wounds because it was very obvious somewhere there was an open head wound, just, just blood, 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 blood the whole time. And, and, uh, Murdoch's, uh, Raymont horn is uh, growing <laughs> as each match goes. I think all those headbutts didn't help out all either. No, no, no. Yeah, I think those two are, maybe there's a spirit of death match, and now Murdoch has. I'm telling you, like, there's something just, they're taking on the look of each other, and I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe that's his kid. Maybe that's Tremont's kid, and we just, we don't know. <laughs> awesome. Tremont's, Tremont's a fast man. That Marcus man. <laughs> Oh, no, I think Mathers I remember that was a rumor, and like they were rolling with it. exactly. That's what they were rolling with. They're like Mathers, like no, he's this, he's this one's kid. He's this one's kid. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. I don't know what else there is more to say, but I'll tell you, we have not mentioned blood in any other match that we have reviewed ever as much as we, I think, covered in this one. No, I and yeah, like I said, this is one of those ones. It's like why. Why does this crowd like I'm, not, I, I'm getting jealous here? Like, why does this crowd of a hundred get such a crazy match? Like, it was good for them though. Exactly, you know? they they obviously yeah. earned it. Their, their energy them. was good. Like, it, it the just wrestlers wanted to do it. It just blows my mind. Like that's I, but I shouldn't be surprised because that's what I've kind of seen with all these shows. Like we the Fight Forever show, they were doing crazy shows or crazy matches for 24 hours straight with no fans there just to yeah. get out there. So like that, I could always Your backyard that. show. Yeah. Oh, yeah the back, oh my God. Exactly. Crazy shit. Like, yeah. When we started off with Jordan doing the suplex to the outside and they stay connected, like, why are you guys doing this at a backyard? show? exactly. Yeah. And that yeah. just shows the dedication that they have. And I think that's obviously why one reason I'm always constantly thinking like, that's why I love these guys and love this company. Cause it doesn't matter who, where, like even the 
we didn't cover it, but the the Mex the shows in Mexico when they are out there in the uh all the cars and stuff like that, like they were yeah, having crazy yeah, the junkyard, there we go. They were having such crazy matches out there too. It's like what? Like they're nuts. Like it's just crazy, and that's why it's so enjoyable, so fun. Well, you know, that just shows how damn professional they are because anybody else would have been cut to shit. And some of these guys are 10, 15 years, 20 years in, and they still maintain. So good for them. Yeah, like I would have looked at the crowd and be like, uh, okay, this is what this now. We're not going we're not going crazy. I'll save the blood for a bigger venue, a bigger crowd and stuff like that. But that that's why I'm here sitting behind a chair. That's why they're out there doing it and loving their life and putting on great performances like this and yeah. I, I'm, I'm as you said i'm glad that we actually got this match because it was a very 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 pleasant surprise of after that we saw that first and second match i was like okay it's just gonna be a normal show and boy was i wrong oh yeah i think <laughs> i think we were both wrong my friend and that will lead us to our main event of the as cole radrick goes against Buddha. and i was I was looking forward to this match after the NGI seven. I kind of liked seeing the matchup. I, and that's why I love the two, what they set, tend to do a lot too, is the matchups we don't see during the, these tournaments. Usually the next night we'll see some sort of variation yeah. to make up yeah. for what we didn't see. So I was, I was glad for that throughout this night as well. Um, what was your thoughts on the main event? <laughs> so I was, I was laughing when I saw Sakuda come out with a saw and it actually said return to Sakuda on the side of the saw. Really? I but missed that part. Yeah, yeah, they were talking about on commentary. Oh, okay. Yeah, so for this death match, it looks like they were cleaning out the closet. There were tubes, glass, and chairs everywhere. Cole looked rough after the night before. You could really see it. Like He, he looked like he got the shit kicked out of him. They were cleaning out the front yard of the La Pica Lounge because all that shit was out front. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, dude. Yeah, they had to stash it somewhere. Um, <laughs> The minute, the first minute was really a big old fight. There wasn't much in the way of any weapons at this point. Minute two, we had light tubes getting busted on coal. And um, that saw that I was talking about earlier started getting uh, used on Cole's forehead. Minute three, Sakuda walks Cole around the outside of the ring and is cutting his head on every side of the ring, which is always a nice little thing. It's, it's a very GCW thing I'm kind of noticing. I know the independents kind of go on the side every night, but GCW, you almost see it every show, starting to realize. Yeah. Um, minute four was wrestling. Minute five, Sakuda started throwing chairs at Radrick, which is kind of funny to see two full-grown men throw chairs. Minute six, crowd was discussing Cole's pants. I was laughing because in the crowd, you would hear somebody say something about his pants. And then you heard another crowd member I don't remember if someone said something shitty first or said something good first, but somebody I think said something shitty. And then a crowd member yelled out something like I like them or something like that. And it was just hilarious. That was literally the highlight of that minute. I had to throw it in there. It was kind of funny. <laughs> minute seven, the skewers come out, Cole back first into tubes twice. Minute nine, Cole crashes through light tubes into the corner. Minute 10, more wrestling. Minute 11, more busted, uh, more bundles busted onto Cole. Minute 12, fans want those skewers used. Those skewers came out by Sakuda, and the fans were getting a little antsy. They really wanted that out there. So, oh, <laughs> it's a lot. I'm telling you, man, it's a lot of breathing. Minute 13, Sakuda hits super sliced bread on Cole. 
Minute 14, Sakuda gets a skewer through his cheeks instead of Cole. I was actually thinking Cole was going to do this because I haven't seen Cole do it before. That would have been like his virginity being taken with the skewer. That's a tough um, spot. To well, that's what I was. Did you see how tough it was when it was coming out of Sakuda's yep. mouth at the end of that? Ooh, didn't. I mean, with Joey, you could really see it too when he was all bloody and I told you he had his evil face on. Yeah. He looked all. Yeah. Um, dude, that stuff. Like you can see it pulling the cheek, like yeah. really fucking hard. They need to like maybe they need to grease that thing before they put it in or something. But <laughs> it was some uh, uh that Crisco. Yeah, yeah, just a little Crisco on there, bit on it, whatever. Uh, minute, 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 minute. Okay, minute fifteen. Cole brings out a fishing pole. Yes, a fucking fishing pole. He yells out, "Let's go fishing!" And Cole hooked Sakuda in the mouth and then was using the fishing pole and kind of reeling him in and fucking with him. But um, in the end, Cole Redrick ended up being our winner with a little Sebastian's curse on Sakuda. This was a very good match, and any other night, this would have been considered a fantastic main event, and it was a fantastic main event. It's just it got overshadowed from that one before because it was just such a brawl. And I'm not Mr. Deathmatch, like, oh, Mr. Death, you know, more blood the better. No, I understand, but the Sakuda match, I think, had a touch more variety, but the, I, I almost said SGC, but the, the Mance match uh, was just more brutal. It was, a, it was like, a, like a brawl at the bar, except they just grabbed the, yeah. the bottles, typed it to their hands, and they beat the shit out of each other. That's how I looked at it. Like, I looked at it as like yeah. a, a bar brawl, and this yeah. one was, I, as you said, more wrestling, more variations, and I think that's why I'm starting to like Sakuda a little bit more. He's reminding me a little bit of Ciclope when I first was watching Ciclope with mm. like mm. with the the skewer spots and then the the fish hook spot. I always go back to Ciclope getting fish hooked by uh, Nick Gage at the NGI. I think that was too. And and like seeing Sakuda do it here, like I flashed back and I thought of Ciclope and I see a lot of Sakuda or a lot of Ciclope and Sakuda's kind of wrestling. And obviously when they fought at the NGI the night before. Uh, it was a very fun match, and I think this one got to see... This one stuck out more to me than the match with Ciclope as being Sakuda mimicking or kind of delivering his style of the Deathmatch Wrestling very much like how Ciclope does, and I'm starting to slowly uh, become a Sakuda fan and want to check him out more uh, overseas when he's wrestling. So Sakuda kind of has this thing that... Um, I'm trying to think of his name. The... Uh... I can't believe it escaped me, but the darts, the fucking darts, Parker it makes me think. Yeah, it makes me think of the same thing. I will always love seeing him show up, but there's that one thing I know he's known for that I'm just like, oh, every time. <laughs> I think it's just because like back when I was a kid, I think my dad would get back injections. So I think it's always weird when you see the, the you know, the, the dart go near a spine. Yeah. I don't know. And you know, too, it, it can get real dangerous if you hit the wrong nerve, man. You're fucked. Exactly. And- yeah, That's, and the same thing with, like, on the side, too. It makes me think of, like, if it punctures a lung. Yeah. If it punctures that cavity. It's like That's what I was worried about when they did the dart gun at NGI, and the dart was in the back of his neck. I was like, holy shit, that's kind of close. Like, yeah. And then they kept on doing moves. Like, and he was taking yeah. bumps on that. I'm like, oh, my God, please get that out of his neck. Like, like that, that part scared me on the NGI. And then the skewers. I always get a little nervous when people do, like, because they always do the DDT after the skewers yeah. sometimes. DDT, man, if that skewer goes wrong, it's like a light tube. If you try to land on it and it's straight up and down, it's just 
not going to end well. Yeah. And I always wonder if the skewer just hits just right straight up and down, man. Yep. I, I, I've seen like a lot of like a lot of them like take it out obviously like to try to get it out before like as they're taking the DDT but some of them yeah when they just take it and they don't take it out that's when I'm like oh like I always wonder watch yeah. that for that spot I'm like okay they took it out okay I know it's gonna be safe but when they don't take it out and they land I'm like okay are they alright are they alright okay good we're good yeah dude this uh, this was fantastic it's absolutely wonderful to see Sakuda and yeah, I think this was a fantastic main event. It's just this wasn't the main event for this night. I would have loved to have seen him flipped. And I think it was booked that way to kind of get to make Cole look a little bit more strong. I think he's got yes. the next title yeah. match yes. coming up against Gage. So having him being in the main event, I think uh, recently before his match against Nick Gage, I think that's helped out Cole a lot. And I think I think that's why they, they booked... The way they booked it was to make Cole kind of make Cole look strong. So, um, I'm right there with you. I think after <laughs> Monday morning quarterback, and it's like, why the hell did you not do the Taipei Deathmatch main event? Like that just seems like an right. easier, easier booking. Like we know that John Wayne Murdoch and Manson a Taipei that like, it's going to be good. We didn't expect it to be that good, obviously, but I think just based off of the name value alone, too, those two should have been main event. But I understand why they did this match. Yes. And I'm I'm sitting here thinking about it. If there wasn't as much bleeding, I may have seen where this on paper, this Cole match should have been maybe the main event. But at the same time, you're right. On paper, the two uh the two veterans were in that match number six, not match number seven. So wow. Uh yeah, I even thought if you take out the bleeding, there's still it's just I think with with Sakuda, there was such a level of violence in with the skewers, and there was such a variety of weapons. Um, I think Sakuda looked more comfortable too in this ring this night. Like I enjoyed him way more during this match than I did against Ciclope. For I don't know why. Like I'm a big really? Ciclope fan, but I very much enjoyed Sakuda specifically more in this match than Ciclope. I think there was more personality out. Um, it looked like he was more comfortable and kind of knew what to expect with the. G I mean, not the GCW crowd here in Wisconsin. So I, to me, that's what it looked like. And I, after this match, I, like I said, I saw a lot of Ciclope in Sakuda, and I definitely wouldn't like to see Sakuda more often, obviously. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe this is just a situation where, you know, there's just not a lot of nerves with a hundred and some people. True. You know, he might have walked. And it's not the NGI. Like, well, okay. It's not one of the premier exactly. death matches of the world or i i don't know of what other countries are doing but like, it's out here in the states and the deathmatch rest in the states there's like four deathmatch tournaments i could see that being very valuable and respected and kind of yes uh desirable to win for the wrestlers during throughout the year so ngi being one of them yeah obviously like being in the playoffs in the football it's easier to play preseason game in front of 100 people than it is to be in the playoffs and <laughs> fighting for your chance to go to the super bowl in front of all those crowds so I, I agree with you. I think that had a lot to do with how I viewed Sakuda during this night. Um, overall, I'd say considering the fact that Cole came out looking like shit, he wrestled fantastic, and he still got his ass kicked and still won. So I don't see a loss here at all for Cole um, when it comes to, I mean, just like it hit every dimension. He looks strong after this. He looks tougher after this, you know, so on and so forth, so on and so forth. Um, so and he's now got the main event. Crazy. I don't know if he's main event yeah. before, but now he can say at least I main evented recently as well. So it makes sense why he's got or getting the next shot against Gage. And I think it's fair. Um, 
The coot is fucking crazy. The skewer spot looked tough to do when I seen like his cheeks stretching. I know we talked about this, but it's just now getting into my notes. That shit's nuts. Um, I, it looks like putting it in, uh, like taking it out seems to be harder than putting it in from what I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I saw too with Cyclope when like you said he was pulling out like you see his just cheek just stretching with it I was like oh my goodness like he's gonna have a hard like it looked like he didn't know which way to go if he should keep on going that way or take, yeah. pull it out yeah. the other way like it looked like he's kind of stuck in which way to go and that obviously doesn't help anything because that was a long ass skewer that Sakuda brings out yeah because I'm thinking maybe, maybe like the if there's any you don't really see blood but I mean if that pierces that it starts to kind of try to close it just, exactly you know and so that shit starts to get all crusty and hard there. And then they're trying to pull that. Sh- oh, then you got to think after oh. the match, the adrenaline, the adrenaline dump just happens. And obviously yep. you're going to feel it a lot more. So there's going to be a little bit more careful taking it out. I, I just, oh, I'm I, sure, I'm sure drinking anything the next day probably hurt inside the mouth. And that's what I loved about Talking. Ciclope selling it. Like the next match he came out kind of like still a little bit, like he would kind of, pat his cheek and kind of hold where the skewers went through like he was messing with his jaw and stuff i really like that little storytelling that he did with that but i and then he still wrestled with it in his mouth like for a few minutes afterwards that was kind of crazy seeing too <laughs> yeah him and cyclope i i really didn't expect them to sit there and, and not sit there but wrestle with that shit in the mouths for minutes on end i mean yeah um those are tough men tougher than us and they were having time getting that skewer out and wow yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say about this match. Fucking wow. This whole night. That's what I say about exactly. That's what I was about to say. I say about that the whole night after match two. I was like, wow. Like after this match ended, I was just like, that was not what I expected two two hours ago. This whole this show was only two hours at two. But like Yeah, yeah. I did not expect that two hours ago when I watched the first two matches, first three matches maybe. I was like, I did not expect it to get turned up the way it did. And I'm all for it. I loved it. I I I this was one of my favorite shows of the year just because i unexpectedly it unexpectedly surprised really? me and yeah i nice. enjoyed it nice i very wow. much enjoyed every bit of it because like i said i it surprised me and it turned out very That's, good i i loved it yeah yeah it's better than someone going oh this was so great this is so great and you're watching you're like i don't know what was so great about that exactly but yeah. i think going in was i didn't have much expectations anyway but as soon as I saw the opening shot, my like uh, my expectations went down very quickly, and I probably shouldn't have, obviously, because it's GCW. But just kind of knowing what happened the night before with it being one of the bigger shows of the year, and then the next night in this small venue, I was like, eh, it's just going to be a nice yeah, little it's fun show. Be the chill out, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not settlement series, kind of chilling out, but at least respectable kind of chill. <laughs> I did not yeah, expect it to get moon. as violent, exactly. <laughs> Damn, they get all the damn wrestling over Putin. Hey, dude, if I was wrestling over there, I would come out as Daniel, and I swear to God, I would only wrestle in Boonton. I'd be Daniel Boone. I swear <laughs> to God. It would be so stupid, but it would be so fun. Well, hold on. Because the Boon... No, seriously, we're into cheese. We like some of that shit sometimes. If Daniel Boone came out and had enough confidence, it would go over in Boonton. Just something corny. I'm telling you that maybe, you know, if there's another... If there was another settlement series in Boonton... Maybe we have uh, Daniel Boone. I know it sounds stupid, but it's still funny. Well, should we <laughs> should we break the news to everybody now? Your your big news that you have. Oh, uh, what news do I have? Your debut tomorrow night. Oh shit. Okay, <laughs> let me go look that up real quick. Do you know where that was? You are debuting tomorrow night for St. Uh-huh. Louis Anarchy. That's right. <laughs> yes, I am. I don't know who you're going <laughs> against, so. but uh. 
Well, you, I guess we're both sponsored. You're sponsored so. at least, and that's a yeah. very cool thing. Okay. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll go ahead and explain that to everybody who's listening. <laughs> I I woke up uh, Friday morning and I had all this shit lit up on my Twitter. I'm like, well, not bad, good. It must have been a, a nice night. People are talking. We're having a good time. And uh, yeah, so I see that tomorrow night on November 19th, St. Louis Anarchy is opening up the uh, mega ticket to all those in Alton, Illinois. This card is stacked and features two wrestle nerds, sponsored talents, in at Stiff Robo Ginger. I don't know who he is. Oh, and yeah. his opponent at John J. Wolf. So I woke <laughs> up this morning and found out I was fucking booked in st louis and you know i had to get a hold of them they were the nicest motherfuckers oh did they respond to you You never told me that they respond oh absolutely yeah we had a good conversation let me give you what's what's really you know the funny parts about it i said i just wanted to give you all a heads up somehow i got tagged as wrestling tomorrow i'm a manager trainee in las vegas and a gcw podcast host but not a wrestler i'm john j wolf and i wouldn't be much of an attraction for wrestling it's sponsored so i wanted to let you know I would have done what said hey. Oh. Go ahead, sorry, I thought you were done. I just said hey, sorry about that. I said not a problem, bud. I'm just helping you out. Uh, best of luck with the show. He said I'm not sure how that happened, really, but thanks for the heads up. I was about to say, did we ever find out like who the the tweet was the meant for? Yeah. Uh yeah, there was one that was released later. Let me see. See if that uh, if no, I were you but... in that situation, I would have done what you said that you should do as a joke. Like I would have absolutely done that and just be like, hey. You booked me here. I'm. You announced me. I got to be here. So, for the chance, frantic. I should call frantic. Going. Where's my flight info? Exactly. Just where's to, my fucking flight info. Just to show up and hey, maybe you could got. Maybe you could have got it on the card. Maybe you could have made your right. debut tomorrow night for St. Louis I'm, Anarchy. I'm telling you, probably on IWTV or something. I don't know. Um, We're not allowed to say that. Remember, we're sponsored by Fight TV. Oh yeah, and Blue Chew. <laughs> no, no, we're not sponsored no. by Blue Chew. Sponsored uh, by anybody. The gentleman's name is Dead Ringer. He works with St. Louis Anarchy. How the hell did they mess and, that up? Uh, he's uh, he's got a good little following there, and I'm not going to go deep into it, but uh, yeah, it looks like he puts in work and does his shit. He's got some nice little hype videos out there, so I'm uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to probably take his spot. Um, <laughs> hey, I've been training. You've been so practicing you your heel speeches and promos tonight, so uh, right. I think that St. Louis crowd is in for a treat tomorrow. That's right. I'm gonna have to rub the corny paper just a little extra, and hopefully, it's... <laughs> you gotta put, you gotta make that into a T-shirt. And there's your there's your merch. Oh my gosh! I've been licensed. Yeah, I'll have by to the, think. I'll have to think about that one day. By the master heel himself. I make I make black candles though, so I always thought that would be cool to be able to do something with black candles. I just don't know what yet. Anyway. Back um, to the death trip. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about before uh, the memorable moments kind of thing? Because I have a feeling we're going to repeat ourselves. Yeah. I was just about to say, I might not even have any memorable moments other than what I said, because it, it this okay. show yeah. was incredible. It I, like they didn't start off incredible, but something turned, someone turned on the heat and turned up, gave a, gave one of those Paul Heyman ECW motivational speeches to the locker room because not saying that the, the, the first match and second match they kind of held back, but it just picked up entirely. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I was surprisingly surprised. I don't know. I don't know even what to say. Like, it was just so good. And nothing against both men, but that first match, I'm still stumped. It just doesn't fit with all the others. I, I, I don't get it. 
Yeah. And I'm sure, of course, there's always stuff we don't know. So maybe the gentleman showed up and said, Hey, I've, you know, I've got some time. If you want to slip me in there somewhere, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I don't I think honestly, that card, I don't remember that match being announced. To be honest with you. Yeah. And I, I would have probably put Nick Wayne in that three way. So that would have been a four way by my standards. Or that's a good way to turn Blake Heels teaming up with Alex Price. Holy shit. Would that have worked at least? Well, that would have worked better than him doing it himself. Yeah, that's true. I think Alec would have definitely helped put him over a lot more because the minute that there was any heel on Blake where it was uncontrollable, Alec could have swooped in and, and, and done something. That's a great thought. I didn't think about that before. That That's a good little team there. Um, what was that team you mentioned earlier, too? Uh, Axon Ray. Yeah, that that's another one. That, oh, the Nick Wayne so match was announced. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, they just announced it right before the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's... Maybe a you're right, yeah. I don't know. Okay, so, my memorable moments. I have I feel like I'm just wrapping up what I've said this whole time, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. What a violent little show this thing was. The, the ring was a little bit lower. The walls were a lot tighter. The people were less. The wrestlers still had their fire. There was no fucking stop in them. It was obvious. You know, it's not just the 100, 125, 150 were there. It was the thousands to tens of thousands GCW fans were watching at home. And thank goodness that they didn't just go out there and dial it in and look fucking lazy. They performed the same for 50 as they do for 300. I've seen it. We saw it tonight. That's why we're floored as fans with like, holy shit, Wisconsin got all that for their money. You know what? Yeah, because they say they pay the same ticket amount we do. And you know what? Like, unlike a lot of other wrestling companies, they still give us a banger of a fucking show. And I wanted to say that for sure that, um, you know, this is one of the few companies where you'll see that sometimes you'll see a company come out and, oh, well, you know, they'll just kind of not all the top stars come out. Sometimes there's not as much blood. Yeah, that's how I thought it was. That's that's what I think we're generally trained to think in general. And then GCW comes out here with these bangers and surprises like always. I loved it. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to complain anymore for sure. This was this was a fantastic night. Yeah, the uh, Christian Price Oliver three way that needs to be a four way. I really would have stuck Nick Wayne in fourth. That would really be how that would have went. And I would have wiped that initial first match and maybe found another two to make that that ninth match happen somewhere else on the car, uh, card the mesisos match was great locals were really fucking good i hope to see them again when they go back to wisconsin it really made the icw look good um awesome they're brothers and sisters fuck yeah freeman and joe basically solidifying themselves as gcw hardcore wrestlers was absolutely fantastic a very bloody murdoch and mance death match the main event was good, but again, I'll just repeat myself only because I'm beating it to the ground. I think that Murdoch and Mance match should have went on last, but I don't also think that the booker, whoever that was for that, would have foreseen what that match developed into. So, I mean, on paper, you go, look at all these fucking weapons. He's got skewers. He's got this. And then you look at the Mance match, and you're not seeing the skewers. You're not seeing the various array of weapons. You're not, you know, 
awesome if that was there. But the action was so good, I forgot about the venue size and its limitation. Yeah. I wanted to make that I, point. I didn't like, even think about that. Correct. If I wanted to like quote myself for the night, that would be my quote. The action was so good, I forgot about the venue size and its limitations. They fought this they fought like an arena and they were in a garage, damn it. So um the last thing I'll say for my memorable moments isn't even a memorable moment. It's just if everybody could please go home and rest <laughs> for a couple days, take care of yourselves. You earned it. The fans are so fucking happy. And I hope that these wrestlers get everything they're hoping for and then some for all the hard work that they put in over this past weekend. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep my memorable moments short and sweet and say Yeah. Wow and holy shit. Like I hey, I, I like was kind of like like after after it ended, I went and told my wife, like, I don't know what the hell happened. Like I, I had expectations after the first second match and boom, this out of nowhere, a bomb was dropped on my head and I enjoyed every bit of it. I have nothing more to add. I know I repeat myself enough as it is anyway, so I'm going to just stop repeating myself. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we made, they made, they made their point. We made ours. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was a, gotta love it. that was a fun show. Very fun show. So I'll do these upcoming shows real quick. I will add this. Well, yeah, if we're lucky, maybe Saturday this goes out. We'll just we'll yeah, this will be the best. So I'm going to go ahead and announce. All right. So Saturday, November 19th, we've got the JCW Series of Survivals 2022. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. You can find that on YouTube for free. We have the good old boys versus SGC, Young Dumb and Broke versus the Waniacs, the Gringos versus Hardcore Heroes, Gresham versus Cole. That's good. Naki Ito versus Janai Kai. This is a fantastic setup there. And then if you stick around, you switch over to IWTV, you're going to get the Settlement Series Part 7. Same day, Saturday, November 19th. You can fill up your Saturday nicely. This is 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. And again, that's on IWTV. I don't have many matches in regards to what's what's announced on that one uh, as of when I wrote down the notes. There's nothing yet. So, yeah, nothing yet. So then Sunday, this is the last one I'm going to mention here for our upcoming shows. This is on November 20th, GCWRA, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Fight Plus, $5. Matt Cardona versus Jordan Oliver. Nick fucking Gage will be there. Gresham versus Bailey is going to be a fantastic. I think that's Gresham ba- Bailey number two at GCW, right? Yes, yes, that's the one I was like, uh-huh. that, uh, that's one of those ones. I wanted to meet it, read it, rematch, and we got it. Oh, fuck yeah. And uh, Masha versus Makiito, Wayne versus Price. This one right here that, is a match where I think in 15 to 20 years, we're going to go back and be like, look at these two when they were young. Like, I'm not kidding. I've done this. We're going to go back to Wayne and Price 20 years from now. Okay, look at these two face off when they were young. Do you want to see a 17-year-old Nick Wayne? Let's go watch the match. They fucking lit it up. I guarantee you that's what we're going to see right there. That has uh, a chance to steal the show, I think. If they would let them kick off the, the brakes and just let them go balls to the wall, I bet you, you know, if they just pat the kids on the ass and say, go get them, kids, they'd do their best out there for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Los Macisos versus the main event. That was someone else. Waves I and oh, curls. Waves and curls. That's right. And then... Uh, yeah, someone got injured there, unfortunately, and that's very sad, too, because that's a great team. And the last match I can announce, which probably will end up being the first one. Um, God, this is going to be beautiful. Deppin versus Blake versus Ninja versus Leon. Two boys fresh out of Japan. 
coming back home to GCW to put on another wonderful scramble, which is exactly what those two are known for. So, wow. You think they're going to let that a four way? I mean, why isn't that a tag team, damn near? Right. You think they're going to let uh, Dante Leon, uh, since he did beat Ninja Mac for the GHC, uh, light heavy, I think I think it's the light heavyweight champion, whatever they call it out there, uh, the GHC for Noah. Mm-hmm. Think they're gonna let Leon bring the belt over, like how DDT lets and I don't. That's uh Joey Janelle bring it over. It comes down to company policy, so I'm not. I, I know nothing about company policy there. I would think that any company outside of America would be jumping at the chance to get their title on American eyeballs. I, I'm I'm interested in that because I I think that would be pretty huge to see our boys that went out there and we haven't seen for a while then. Ninja Mac won that won it originally, but then he lost it to uh, Dante Leon, which I think is so awesome that we have a GCW rivalry that happened obviously before even GCW, but we get to see it play out in front of our eyes, and now overseas is playing out for freaking belts out there with crowd sizes, whatever that Noah gets is yep. pretty big, and I just think it's so cool seeing that out there. I'm excited for uh, Sunday for Aura. Aura, I think it's going to be. It, I don't see any match on there that I'm like, oh. I'll use that to go order my pizza or whatever. I think it's going to be a great card. I'm actually looking forward to it. And it's, in the, it's at, a, what was it, the FET Arena, right? If I'm not mistaken. That am is I, a good question. Am I mispronouncing it? FET or FET? Yeah, it is. No, it's you in the that up for a second. Yep, it is. Is that what it is? Yeah, okay. and I loved that venue the last time they were there. Um, I, as you said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm a big venue person. Like, right away when I was seeing the FET music, I went to Joey Janela versus JT Dunn and Osprey versus... Uh, Dick Wayne. It's like I I don't remember the names or cities, but like the the venues. Yeah. The venues is what sticks out to me. Like I saw Fett and like I I think JT Dunn. <laughs> okay, so for people who are listening, uh B has this uncanny fucking thing where you can kind of rail off some matches and somehow in his head he'll have where it came from and he pictures the venue and shit. Like it's such an uncanny it's such a weird thing to have but somehow his brain connects it and remembers it so well it's uncanny but two minutes ago if you asked me to go downstairs and get you something i would be like what did i get what am i doing down here (laughs) what am i doing down here where am i at so for me between the four-way the alec match and this cardona and jordan oliver match we're looking at a dynamite card with unique matchups and they all look fantastic. Yeah, I yeah, I uh, I kind of have a plan or not a plan. I doing my fantasy book and I, we talked about. It. I did post it on Twitter underneath the mm-hmm. GW one, but I have a kind of a hope and a feel for something that's going to happen with Cardona. I kind of hoping something big turns out of that match. I think it has a lot of possibilities, but that's all hinging on if Cardona, if this is his last la- last ride in GCW or not. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's talk about it for a minute. That's good. So with the rumors happening that uh, the WWE signed in Chelsea Green and they kind of want the 2-1 combo of Matt Cardona, but I haven't really heard too much of Cardona returning. Um, but with all the rumors kind of swirling around there and stuff like that, I think just knowing kind of how Cardona is with wrestling and kind of what GCW did for him kind of to help rebrand, it gave him a more like reputable as a bad not a badass but like i think he earned a lot of street cred there we go street cred working with gcw stuff like that but i also think he did tremendous stuff for gcw uh, as well i think i think gcw benefited more for having cardona than cardona did with gcw but 
you could tell the appreciation Cardona has for that since he stayed on for what two years almost. He's been uh-huh. wrestling with GCW and putting people over and doing crazy stuff. And I, 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 I see him getting a lot of enjoyment with his GCW run. Um, and so I think like if this is uh, Cardona's last hurrah, I think it would be kind of cool to kind of play out with the whole Nick Gage stuff of Jordan training with Nick Gage, helping him get in, into shape. Cardona Gage still having unfinished business from when Gage interrupted Cardona's wedding. And um, I think it'd be kind of cool. Cardona be like, hey, I, I know your little Nick Gage is a little whipping boy there and stuff like that. So how about we make it interesting? I want to give the title shot I never gotten. I want, uh, if I beat you, I want your title. Uh, I want a shot at Nick Gage for the title. And I can see maybe Nick mm-hmm. Gage coming out and kind of answering it himself or Jordan. This would be kind of cool. Mike time back and forth with Jordan. See if he can hold his own with Cardona. Jordan's like, all right. We'll, like I talked to I talked to Nick and he trusts me. I'll I'll give you that chance, but we're all tired of you. We're tired of your shit. Nick Gage wants you out of GCW. You put your GCW career on the line, and we'll have kind of a career versus title, future title shot on the line. And Cardona's like looking at Jordan, like, oh yeah, like I absolutely I can, beat, I can do it. Yeah, I've beaten so and so at WrestleMania. I could beat you here at FET in front of all these GCW kind of wrestlers, kind of thing. And um, if it is Cardona's last last match i think he would absolutely put over jordan and make him look good um and that would kind of play it would all make sense in my mind that's how i would kind of book it if it is cardona's last one if it's not you could play it off this other way like we don't know where cardona does beat jordan and now cardona gets Nick gauge pretty soon here before the gcw world title so i think there's they, a lot of flexibility with that that's how i would book it um all I'm ultimately hoping for is an authentic Cardona match. I don't want none of the goofiness, the fuckery, uh, the 10 minutes prior before the bell rings and then the bell rings and you get a like five minute match. I would like a 20 minute classic Cardona show, like put on a great normal match for 20 minutes with Jordan and kind of tell a cool story and let them both just kind of tell a story in the ring. I, I really hope that's what happens instead of just a bunch of shenanigans and like kind of what we see from Cardona. I would like to kind of see him give an authentic 20 minute straight wrestling match. Yeah. So Cardona to me, it's, it's like a, it's like stacking a fucking burger. So in this case for me, like I'm okay with a five to seven minute entrance. Then the match goes 15 to 20, preferably 20 because he, he has the old school WWE training. So he knows how to perform the match and stretch it out a little more with, with his skills. Um, yeah, Cardona is the fucking man. And if independent wrestling loses him to WWE, that will be somewhat sad. But dude is dude is just good. Chelsea's come into her own. He's into his own. He's at the top of the game right now. He's got a good solid five plus years in him at the championship level if he wants to. And at the WWE, more than that. I uh, I can say this honestly with the various amounts of decisions that uh, Triple H has put together. It looks like the WWE is going in a positive direction. Yes. I'm not saying everything's perfect. It is not. I'm not saying everything's entertaining. It's not. I'm still not saying. I'm not even watching three hours. I'm not even watching two hours. Sometimes I'm just checking out highlights. But what I am seeing is so much better than it was. Improvement. Yep. Yeah. So... Wow, we've talked about almost every show tonight. We talked right. about AEW a little bit. I think it's my fault. ICW, WWE. I, 
I just I kind of have big hopes for this match. I actually am very much like this is the one match I'm looking forward to obviously the most because yeah. I, I I'm, if this is the main event I will feel pretty in uh I don't know I we'll see what happens. I just really hope I just think there'd be a cool thing to if Cardona is out on his way then obviously you're gonna need to build someone up but uh, you want to heal and I think there's room there to turn Jordan into kind of a mega heel of mm. breaking up with Nick Wayne or getting he was a heel before oh yeah and he was he so was uh very much hated very, back then too yeah so I'm I'm thinking as he's matured a little more too he should be able to take that heel heat a lot better if he does do that and I think he's so improved as much as a face like there he's his reactions are getting louder and louder and his cheers for or for him are getting louder and louder too. So I think it's kind of a tough spot there, but I just think they have a lot of ways they could go. If they wanted to make a storyline out, they might not even make a storyline out of this. This might be a seven minute Cardona fuckery match and nothing comes of it. I'm yeah. just kind of hoping no matter if he stays or go, I think they have a lot they could do here with storyline. And we always mm -hmm. talk about storyline, storyline, storyline. That's just the storyline I kind of came up with in my mind is it could do a lot of great callbacks with this, a lot of stuff to happen outside the ring, but it absolutely all makes sense in the ring in my mind. So um, I'm just hoping for some sort of storyline to kind of happen throughout this match or before it or during it, because I we like our storyline. So I think no matter yeah. what happens, there's something could be done there that would play into the future GCW with or without Cardona. Well, I'm just realizing I didn't finish the whole cheeseburger thing. So what was going oh, on sorry. was I was basically saying was, there's always that meet, which is the match, and there's always the entrance and the exit, which is always fantastic for Cardona. He can never leave quietly. He can never enter quietly anywhere. And when I was thinking with the lettuce and all that extra shit is once he gets in the ring, all that peppered bullshit talk and everything that he does in the middle, you know, that's mixed in there with the meat. But yeah, there's not, I mean, like even with Effie, it's the entrance, it's the wrestling, it's the show. But there's never the exit. You don't remember the FD exit. He just walks off. With Cardona, he never goes quietly. There's kicking, the screaming. The yes. The, and that's beautiful. It's like the payoff for all the fuck yous you were giving him from the beginning. He was so cocky, and now he's leaving with his tail between his legs, if he can get his tail there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to say was there's multiple layers to his matches. And for me, it's like, yeah, five to seven minutes for a setup, maybe uh, one or two minutes in the ring. 15 to 20 minutes of an actual match and then five to seven blow off to get out of there. And that's a Cardona 35 minute match. Dan. Yeah. Like look at the team, the match you he had just, in you TNT. You just want more meat. Yeah. You want more meat. And I would like to bullshit. Yeah. Just for yeah. both of their sakes. I think it'd be cool for Cardona. To, like, I don't think an actual match other than the Nick Gage match. I'm trying to think of like an actual, Hey, that was a respectable, cool 10, 15 minute Cardona match that, was all done in the ring without all the unnecessary fluff around it. I would think like this would kind of be, and it could be like a sign too of, Hey, like this is wrestling. I'm going back to the real company that does his wrestling and stuff like that. I just think there's a lot of, a lot of storylines, any possible way that could be done there. That was just one idea that I had, which I think kind of it opened up a branch to a bunch of different branches of free where if they could start it somehow, some way for a storyline, I think could possibly tell a pretty cool story. I agree. So what do you say, bud? We did it? Yes, this we have for the we have survived the Wisconsin death trip. Oh, 
And I have my kid in the background, like the kid in the car. Like, are we there yet? Are we there are you, yet? Are you done? Yeah. <laughs> we are. We are there. We are there yet now, buddy. Hey, dude, I love that fucking that GCW LA shirt you got there. The red on black is badass. Oh, thank you. Like it too. Yeah, dude. I wonder if those are online, like at the shop, like the GCW merch page or something. They do throw a lot on there. Um, yeah, like that they yeah. did at shows. That's not as often as I would like as well. But the yeah, GCW merch actually. A lot of stuff and they they just said that they're going to be putting out a lot more next week so if you're actually looking for some gcw merch check them out on facebook they usually do like a black friday uh facebook live sale well they'll well, they'll put like a bunch of signed stuff or uh stuff you couldn't get before they'll make it available for them for the for the fans and stuff like that so uh definitely check out the facebook live or the merch store because like they did say they're going to be putting out some new and ex- new exclusives that they haven't done. Good. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm hoping they start getting some more t-shirt designs out there. And I've asked for it. And I can do right now. We need the tall sizes, too. Like <laughs> yeah. Six foot two, six foot three. Um, I could use those tall sizes. Otherwise, sometimes I'm buying shirts two sizes larger just so they will fall down further. I can get the extra length out of those shirts. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we covered a lot in this one, dude. Yes. Yeah, we, we did it. It was fun. Uh, though. It was very fun. We, our, our podcast will be longer than the show. That's okay. Fuck it. <laughs> We're going to have to start charging point. $5. Shit. We wouldn't do that. No, we don't. Price is right. Shit. Ah! Ted DiBiase. I work for Cheetos. <laughs> Cheetos. Cheetos yeah. and Gushers. <laughs> yeah, Gushers. Dude, if you guys know what I ate over here sometimes, you probably <laughs> hear it, unfortunately. Tonight, let's see. We had Gushers and Goldfish. And a couple bottles of water. And I still haven't finished a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a health kick right now. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, we will see next week. We will cover Aura, and maybe we could decide if we'll cover either the, probably the, I would, if, depending on what happens at this settlement series show, but that JCW show looks pretty interesting. Has a lot of talking points. Uh, there's one, like, big one that if maybe mentioned before and i haven't actually heard a lot talked on it but i would like to talk about but i would like to talk about it after the fact to kind of see if anything happens during um okay but we will see what our plans and our lives and stuff because next week is thanksgiving weekend and stuff so uh we will at least get aura out for sure maybe thanksgiving or shortly after thanksgiving on black friday or something like that maybe the fans out there but yeah the fans out there will get a little special quick jcw Thanksgiving version of a podcast. We'll keep it nice and sweet if we do cover it, but it does look like an interesting show, but Thanksgiving. So we'll see what kind of time we have. Yeah. Yeah. But aura does look impressive. I cannot wait to cover aura and I hope something happens. Some sort of storyline happens. Keep our interest next show. And we will send you all out like we always do. Bye bye bitches. No, I'm just kidding. That's it. That's it. Nope. See ya. GC dub. Bye bitches. Yes. Uh, That's not how it goes. Yes. I do like that ending though. Good at it. Yeah. It always adds something. Bye bitches. (laughs) I make a lot of friends. You're here, Wolf. You're making lots of friends right now. Oh, I've made a lot of friends in this uh, episode for sure. Horny friends. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay, yeah, we should end it now. Long live GCW. I got you that w. time. No, fuck that. Got you, bitch. <laughs>